we're going to thank you guys early. Um, so what we're going to do is I think we'll minutes and have a couple of times come up since the last time before we the warrant hearings. Um, we have Scott he's going to go through meeting information um, introducing. So this may be too. Um, I will call the order and um, we're in person. Very good. Okay. Um, sent around some minutes from the team. Yes. Anybody have any questions, comments? Do you guys have? Did have a couple of notifications. One is page page five on. Um, <clears throat> It says chief adopt in the comparison new construction option that the SB was cheap. And I just add for other not consideration in favor of site. Thank you. And then one is on page six. Uh, about the parking problem, just adding for study, but the fail option necessary because the super records option as it's needed. Okay, pass those to me and embed those here. A little blurry after two hours, five I minutes know. again. <laughs> Oh, I know. It's very true. <laughs> Does anybody have any other edits or do we want to to? to as, 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 as so, <laughs> right, a second. We'll just go down. Hear me? Yes. 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 Okay, and that's there we go. All right, so our agenda is um, wanted to one that's why we kind of there. There's been a of um, things we wanted to talk about, and that Stephen in particular had. Uh, so, anybody uh, that saw or see this lesson from last Tuesday, the um, opened up a, I guess, to have the town, there was a discussion before, and there were some concerns raised by Gus um, in particular about the row. So um, it's okay with, I'm going to you to kind of explain what we've been into about that. Uh, so, you know, if any of you want that, but Murphy desired to uh, elementary school and focus uh, was on the cost, um, uh, cost of what was proposed and he to you know, uh, think, you know obtain the no 12 million savings that was focus and to sort of from Celeste Peterson Marcucci identify savings with 
he, uh, he identified $6 million potential costs with the net zero approach that had not been, I guess, I'm paraphrasing their uh, study, SBC or the Energy Committee. And he had, uh, Lex had done something similar uh, in either funding or those that he considered. You know, a bunch of flying back between the uh, committee of what uh, meant by the so, um, certainly look at numbers. We, uh, we, with um, Aaron, myself, with Fred Davis, Stephen, Megan, Lynn, from the Energy, Quinlan from DC, and who had uh, played a role in the analysis that was uh, presented. They, uh, and we did that yesterday, uh, and they took us, you know, um, you know, this, um, we watched the videos that, uh, of these movies to see if any mention this million See if you know if, if it, you had identified uh, the savings that, that we did ask a lot of questions of these. Um, and what are the what we learned was that the ground source cost of the ground pumps is approximately uh, one 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 six million. Uh, that's in the design and the cost of that. And uh, analysis, I think, um, five million number. Because um, uh, that, that was done before they find the cost of the well. Uh, so there's nine wells in that estimate. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's basically the estimate. Um, it's not a separate on to I think one of those that came up and they achieved, how did Lexington achieve it and did do a separate to finance so this grant pump. And, uh, you know, we firm to are being confirmed. Uh, um, the ever uh, in terms of incentives, uh, a program called the Pathway Incentive Program, ground source heat, and it's a thousand twenty square of um, about two hundred thousand dollars of incentives, uh, and um, they're able to get EUI five or under, and the uh, that. Estimate of incentive was considered in analysis done SBC. Uh, it was budget when they put it together. They don't for these incentives, but did the analysis to look at GAC and the life cycle included in that. Um, uh, and uh, the cost of raise very stored is is not. In in either the Lexington or in the Medfield. So, so 
for the project scope that was the MSBA. So that's the, the assumption that they're going to use a purchase agreement completely financed by a party through some special entities there. Um, and the, and uh, so the, the only other thing about was that analysis prepared by license is just the net benefit after the debt's the cost of the thermal heat show against savings. Um, that was by using a bridge uh, in connection to the solar. We would ever source and call the connect uh, solutions. Um, and uh, the analysis was done by uh, the SPC. It uh, did not be bridge piece. So that's out of what was presented to, uh, to this. But that is um, expected to additional benefits. So, uh, but they studied it, have <coughs> funds to do that. The expertise committee, the bridge uh, issue, um, and uh, they're trying to recruit uh, the money and the project. Um, so the. I'm going to ask you to pause a moment. Yep. We're having bad internet, so they can't see the. Um, so I think we're going to have to screen your and see if that. I think it's. Oh. Let's try that. Okay. All right. Keep going. We'll see if we get. Okay. Still, still get feedback. Um. So the uh, so the uh, the met the, the analysis done by the SBC, um, you know, it was fully disclosed to the selectmen. It was in the presentation. They didn't study that piece. It, it's not a surprise. They they just didn't do it and get to it. But the you know, and the assumptions that were used um, by the committee uh, uh, in that analysis around interest rates. The cost of electricity and and gas prices were, were uh, in my opinion, very conservative. Um, you know, they they had a range of rates from three to five percent, um, and the cost of electricity they assumed there was no no increase in that. And um, this was done, you know, um, this was done. I don't know if it was it was done a while ago and. We all know what's happened with gas prices since you know the last over the last year. So uh, all those just indicate that those assumptions are conservative. So that's really you know. But I mean, I think the the, emo, the most important thing to take away is that there was no. We couldn't find any six million dollar number in any of the videos, the presentations, uh, and all that. So. Um, I think that um, you know the incentive is 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 two hundred and twenty four for the heat pumps, and the cost of the heat pumps is about a million, million five, million six. All right, 
any questions anybody has I'd be happy to the the energy committee and I'm gonna and again thank you because you do a the work that you do appreciate is um what what's the energy committee's position on the value of this the geothermal key have we gone through that before I, I know we'll be addressing that the 1.5 because I believe the well, electrons discussion, you know, there was a there were conversations that that the selectman presented that you know was talking about incremental costs or additional costs. And, um, I'm not sure I understand your question, but well, the question is: Does the energy committee support the, the geothermal, and is there a benefit to spending at 1.5 million? Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> they they have um, they voted on this and have approved it, and the selectmen approved it. Uh, so, um, you know, it's 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 a you know it's a it's a program that minimizes the borrowing costs for the for the solar arrays and and the storage, um, and the only piece that's built into the borrowing for the town is this one point five one point six for the geothermal but they've demonstrated that the energy savings over a period of time you know generate benefits to offset that so um i think uh i think the energy committee i mean the spc would be, mike quinlan was a skeptic of, of this whole net zero thing mm -hmm. in the beginning and i think he pushed them really hard and uh he became uh, a supporter of it so uh, that's sort of History. And when the SBC made their presentation, I, I, have to, I don't have to, I do attend meetings um, way over the head of a, a poor company's <laughs> ability to understand all the technical pieces. But I think part of it was it's a less complex system, so it doesn't require, so some of the maintenance, like some of the things, the alternatives rather than on the roof, I think it just doesn't have some of the moving parts of geothermal. So many of are well, the, the the wells that they they send the, the water down into the earth, those are, are very low maintenance. They don't require much at all. And, and uh, the the maintenance of the solar array and the batteries will be taken care of by the, the PPA provider. So it's sort of nothing. It's something you don't have to worry about. And, it, and just from my perspective, speaking for myself, when I look at the costs. And, I, and items such as this, I do try to understand what the cost benefits are, so that down the road, if this was a <coughs> system provide, you know, suggested by the experts on the energy committee, evaluated by the school building committee, and it presents the opportunity for lower maintenance, lower cost going forward, those are some of the considerations that we think. Yeah. That's why it's and I, I will add that they, they, the plan is to study this storage issue that they didn't get to. Um, and if, if it moves forward and the town passes this in the next phase, so they definitely do that analysis and complete it. So. And that's the piece that could result in something like 225 of savings? It's um, 1.5 is kind of like a gross number. Yeah, the, 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 the conservative uh, number. The, well, the 1.5 is, is the incremental no. cost for the geothermal, okay. uh, basically the geothermal well, right. right? And so 
that um, the two hundred twenty thousand is an incentive right. that EverSource offers. That is uh, sort of upfront. You, you don't have to demonstrate. Any, you know, you, you sort of apply for that and you get it upfront. And that's that's. Um, I'm not sure if I answered. But that's not in the one point six. That that would be um, that would come later. That would come later, right? Okay. They so, they assume yeah. that they don't need it because they don't want to under. That's right. When they that's when right. they when they right. when they put the budget together, they didn't include it. Right. When they did their analysis of, of uh, you know savings and benefits over the future, they included it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Steve, did um, Gus explain where he got that six million dollar figure from? He, I think, you know, I don't want to, you didn't even come close to, well, I don't want to speak for Gus, but I think he, um, I think he generally heard it somewhere and had it in his mind. Okay. So, um, he, I think he thought it was the, the cost of the geothermal, but that, that's, that's not the case. So, yeah. And we did get, um, an email from Mark Sandy, the, the Lexington selectman kind of about this and asking him questions and stuff like that. And uh, and he clarified that they did not bond separately for it. Like um, Gus had mentioned, he said he does, he thinks about it like a separate bond because he feels like the savings offsets the, the debt, but they didn't actually bond it separately, um, that they did it as one big project, which is the same way that we're talking about it. But he likes to think about that piece yeah. separately. Um, so I think that there was it was probably some confusion on the way that he talked about it versus how they actually yeah. did it. Um, seemed to be the clarifying point. But he was, um, and Mark Sandin was very upfront that what they had thought they were going to get for savings hasn't been what they have received, but that he does project that they still will receive the savings over time. But just because of the market, I don't know if anybody has... Um, solar on their house and gets an SREC credit or anybody that's familiar with that. Um, I, I do only from the standpoint that I get a quarterly payment that I don't really understand, but the, ba the basic idea is, is that there's a market out there that pays to buy your, your credits. And it just the market right now was lower than what they had projected yeah. it would be. And so it's one of those things that fluctuates over time. Like the alternative energy credit that's called in the analysis and that's that's based on the market so but he did so he pointed out that there was less less savings than expected there in the analysis the SBC did that they had very conservative assumptions and the amount of alternative energy credit they assumed was very low um, but he also pointed out that the that their um, that um, the, the natural gas prices of Run through the roof recently, so right. you know, that that is only positive. Mm -hmm. they, that's the ba the base case they compare all these options against is a natural gas you know installation. So all this saving and incremental cost, I think, is compared against that base case. So right. Um. Um, does anybody else have any other particular thoughts or questions or 
on anything sorry, else? Just one, yeah. one question on that. Say there was um, a reimbursement or, or rebate or um, some sort of grant that would allow us to get some funding for this. Mm -hmm. um, does the, the Warren article uh, proposed a town meeting allow for that to help reduce the, the entire cost of the project that we might borrow? Say this program exists or mm. it becomes available. I would say- I, I'm sorry. I was Responding to the audio issue, so I didn't hear your question. <laughs> <laughs> so say there is a, a program that allows uh, the town to seek some reimbursement or grant funds to help offset the cost of the net zero work that may need to be done. Uh, does the Warren article language proposed um, allow for us to, to receive those grant funds and to help reduce the over overall cost of the project? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I have one question. Yeah. Okay. Just on that selected meeting is it more more that was raised mm -hmm. and maybe Mr. Christine can help you with that there was a conversation back and forth between Mr. Kirby mm -hmm. and Mr. Marcucci on policy and a threshold of 50 million. So question. He he asserted that this was compliant policy and not a I believe uh, Selectman Murphy was referring to the town goals that are on the website that the Selectman adopted, uh, I believe, in 2018. But I think it's important. Not the financial policy. Not the financial policy. Okay. He was, he was yeah, that's what I was confused No, no, he was referring to, to the, the uh, Selectman's goals that are on the town website. Okay, okay. So it's, I mean, it's clarifying because I think I was confused. I'm sure that anyone town who thinks that perhaps this is going to be a violation of our financial policy. We need to clarify that. Yeah, no, I, I had that same question. So, so he was referring to the, the selectman's goal, not the financial not policy. Because policy. I didn't see that in the financial policy. It is not. Okay. 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 Um, all right. Um, I had at least one if oh i guess before we go on does anybody have any other thoughts or questions or anything on those topics um i had and i'm gonna have to remind myself i had a, i had something i i made an executive decision and had had um christine and nick add something to the subcommittee website without asking first which is against my rules <laughs> um and I'm going to try to, uh, I believe it was the enrollment projections section. So, um, in a, so I had asked, because uh, there had been a whole bunch of kind of questions and conversations, um, especially on social media going on about the enrollment. So what I um, asked them to add to our website were the um, enrollment projections from the MSBA. Um, that was something that was uh, emailed by the MSBA to Dr. Marsden. There was also a 2018 to 2019 enrollment update um, to the MSBA. Um, there was also the MSBA approved enrollment and also their projection. So a lot of these things were already up on the SBA website. I think the um, SBC website, I'm sorry. I think the only thing that wasn't actually posted before was probably the direct email that Dr. Marston had had, but some people had had a copy from uh, Information Act request. So um, 
I would like to go backwards and make sure it was okay with all of you that I had them do that rather than calling a meeting last week to do that. Um, and so I know we haven't talked much about enrollment in any of our meetings yet. And I didn't know if anybody wanted to take a minute or two and talk about that at all, or if everybody's. Well, what, what are the nature of the questions? So the, the nature of the questions, I think, are basically about the fact that the school is being built to 575 versus our current enrollment and whether or not that is an accurate building to be building to the size of, yeah. if I was going to paraphrase what I think the questions are. Um, and so I think that it really kind of dives into, I guess, in my mind, the question is, are we are we concerned that the building is too big because of that? Or there, I think there's a bunch of different sides to the issue, right? Like, so are we, because we're in the MSBA process, are we being quote unquote forced to do a larger building because the MSBA says so? Um, then there's the question of, well, now that three years have passed, should we have gone back and asked whether or not we could build a smaller building? Um, and then it, I guess the other flip side of the question is if you are, kind of okay with the fact that we have a smaller enrollment now, are you okay or not with the building being builder, thinking about the fact that it's a building for the next 50 to 75 years and we don't know about the future. So um, I think that's yeah. where the debate comes about. And yeah, I know we haven't sure. talked about that as a group um, well, yet at all. I think that's worth the conversation amongst ourselves yeah. because the, uh, <clears throat> my understanding and Correct me if I'm wrong, but the 575, you know, to, to say that it's imposed by the MSBA is probably, in my judgment, a poor choice of words. It's based upon MSBA experience. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try and defend it, but explain it that, you know, they have a very detailed process in which they make their projections, as has been pointed out in. In other meetings with people who have experience with the MSBA, their tendency is not to overstate enrollment. You know, it's, uh, they pointed to the Hopkins example, it's one where they've understated it's cost Hopkins and money. So, I think from from just from a from a choice of words, um, the MSBA process, as I understand, in this letter, I think that you know. In an agreement in October of 2018, it's one that says, in order to be enrolled in the MSBA process and be eligible for the now $19 million of, of, of reimbursement, that we need to comply with that piece. So I don't know if that's putting a dollar value on it, but. Uh, it's my understanding is that we, like the SBC, had questioned that, that number. Then it went back to review by the MSBA, and then they, they I guess, reaffirmed or confirmed mm -hmm. that number. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, my, so yeah, my understanding is that they, they started out with like a 495 or 500 enrollment number. Right. And then, they added and then, um, then I think the Hopkinson <clears throat> situation happened, and they came back and asked us to ask the town for more information. Um, I believe that's some of these emails. Well, yeah, the, the more information was just what is your current enrollment it, this year? It was more factual. Type yeah, it was, just, it was just factual data. Oh, it wasn't what you think about it. it was, what are your numbers? And, but that was sent. And those, that's what those emails mm -hmm. are. Uh, and I think um, 
that's when you know they they have their own analysis they do i'm not a demographer but they they have a fairly you know complicated you know formula that they go through um, and they they came back with the higher number now i did i because i i worried about this too and i did i did go back to um what it's worth i went back to one of the spc meetings where they were dealing with um some of the citizen petition items that that came up at town meeting and they were deliberating on those and this issue came up um and there is a discussion by Tim Bonfati on his thoughts on, on this. Um, so it's, it's worth a listen to, but it's basically, uh, it gets a little complicated because you're sort of, you know, you are sort of, you know, you do sign this agreement saying that you're gonna, you know, comply with this enrollment, the design enrollment. So if you wanna change that, it does cause a delay. Right, the whole process you have to kind of go back, and, and so um, you know it's it's. Um, but his 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 viewpoint was, you could look at look at what he said there. I'm paraphrasing. He said that look, there's there's um. You know, even if you assume there's 75 more kids, you know, in the design, it equates to maybe three three more classrooms right uh, and so his view was you might save a couple million dollars but is that worth the cost of a delay and sort of restarting you know the, the, the process again to get it all approved so um with all the other things that are going on with interest rates and construction costs and stuff like that so that's that i'll just point that out that's out there if you want to listen to it so. I mean, my personal thought is it's not even just a question about is it worth the cost, but I think not being able to meet capacity of students yeah. needs in Medfield, like all the way from kindergarten waitlist things like that mm -hmm. up is a heavy burden for the town if they're not prepared for the scale. And yeah. then I think what we need to look at is the projection of the activity in the town of <clears throat> Medfield, just not your straight numbers, but like state hospital, you know, mm -hmm. where we think the town yeah. is going holistically. Yep. <laughs> I think one of the points that was raised was if in fact these projections and there's and there's certainly projections that you can only rely on the on the experience and expertise of the MSBA. And I think that they've given in a couple of cases a statement that Medfield is an outlier in its mm -hmm. method, right? Because of its kindergarten ratio. Okay. And yeah. so in in a in a case scenario that at some point, you know, the MSBA, in my judgment, is not something that hamstrings. We do this every 20 years. Right. And they do it every day. So uh, in terms of their expertise and guidance, I mean they're in the business of not of reducing costs. Right, not in the business of, of because they came about from a result of overspending by the Taj Mahal and North New no, North. No, no, so no. You know that. You know that <laughs> um, but the other piece is that one of the considerations for the school in this election is flexibility going down the future. And 
in addition to population, is in, is in consideration of what are the usages of the Memorial School and the old VLOC? And does the, does the size provide the opportunity to address issues with that school, say the old VLOC, with the, the new school? I mean, these are hard decisions to make because they're they're in the, to the future. Yeah, long time, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But they're in the future, and, it's, and you know, so it's it's only judgment to, to, that we can apply. The other piece that I would add is that it's in the minutes of the meeting that we had with the school board. Is that is there an opportunity for use of the space? Because it was concerned that. If we build more classrooms, will they come? <laughs> you know, will the will the teachers come and will it fill it? And the and the discussion, as I remember, was to uh, was to map and some other programs that could actually be used for in the current configuration with the current population enrollment uh, and provide use and perhaps revenue. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I and that's in the minutes. I yeah, no, I remember hearing so that. I, I think the concern is valid I mean, is the dollar. But at some point, you have to look at the judgment of the expertise. Right. I couldn't agree with you. Well, we could sit here all day and try to extrapolate out 50 years. We can't pretend to know what's going to happen 50 years out. We, I can we tell you what we're going to happen 50 years out. At this time, this time is growing. I mean, we know that. I mean, a month ago, uh, Dr. Mazin gave us the incremental students just this year in Memorial and Wheelock, Wheelock, and that was 77 kids that weren't on the radar in June. So we, we know it's going to go up. We don't know how fast it's going to go up, but we know it's going to go up. It may not be 575, maybe be five and a quarter. It could be 600. We don't know. But it's better initially, as you say, to have three extra classrooms that we can use to accommodate an overflow at Wheelock. Etc. So I don't think it's an issue. I think from day one. Yeah, maybe in it. I was a kid that when I was I lived in uh, Hanson at the time in kindergarten, and they actually had put um, three kindergarten classes in the high school. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing, but yeah, I went to kindergarten in the high school, but it was because they needed the extra you. space. And they, I know that, that really, that probably explains a lot about me right now. <laughs> but, um, but I think that having that availability for space, because I think that what tends to happen, if you like, if you look at like whatever, every class year over time, like you have some classes that are like over 220, and then you've got that tiny little class that's like 160. You just don't know what's right. going to happen. Right. And, um, it actually became extra clear to me last night. I was actually talking to my sister-in-law. They had just moved to Reading and they, it's my niece's first experience in public school and it's third grade, but she had gone to a private Catholic school. She was just 12 kids in her class. Her third grade class in North Reading is 26 kids. And they were one kid away from being able to try to get another teacher, but her elementary school doesn't even have the space for another room to be able to do that. So here she is, you know, struggling to try to figure out a how to be in a new town and she's in with 26 kids. So I we also have no idea what the state's going to do about full day kindergarten. You know, um, my husband teaches at this new to Williams school that everybody passes um, and need them all the time. But when you read the Q&A's from when they did that SBC thing, the town of Needham wanted bigger enrollment and SBA didn't allow them to have it. 
And one of the reasons they wanted it was because when they opened that school, Needham went to full day kindergarten. And so they put, and now they're already maxed because of it. But I mean, who knows, you know, in a few years, other people will, they'll be down at a downswing, it won't be, but I think it's, you know, um, I think it's okay to have a couple of empty rooms sometimes for the years that you need them. That's just my two cents. You know, just in the, in the theme of the cost, <clears throat> and I know that uh, I don't subscribe to social media, so I, but I see different things in comments. <clears throat> and I will speak for myself, but I'm, I know I speak for <coughs> the people in the community. Nobody thinks a million dollars is a little amount. Nobody thinks that a million dollars in incremental cost is insignificant to anybody. And, you know, there's been some, in the last three years that I've been in the Warren Committee, we produced a ballot budget. When I say we, I mean the town, the committees, the school department have all come together and produced a balanced budget. During a pandemic, you all know the situation. So from a practical, from a personal perspective, I would like to dismiss any thought that the Warren Committee or I Warren Committee don't think a million dollars is a lot of money. Or don't think that a million dollars is a big impact on people's taxes. So I think it's I just want to say that if people feel differently uh, and look at the history of the last three years and the work that Christine, Sharon, we talk about time, the time that Sharon has put into, we call it the spreadsheet wizard for a year. <laughs> and uh, your zero increase over the course of the last three years is a uh, sincere reflection of one, the responsibility that we take. Because in some of the discussions, it's been, well, it's not an easy decision to say, we're gonna spend a million dollars today to save money in the future. It's not an easy decision to say, we're gonna save a million dollars and hold people accountable for that savings. When we save a million dollars, we don't say, can anybody find a source of spending? We're very aware of the last, and I, again, I speak for myself, but we've gone over this quite a bit. The town of Medfield has a revenue problem and a spending problem. We've been dealing with that for three years. It's not gonna go away. And the responsibility of the Warren Committee to address that continues. But when we save a million dollars, we save a million dollars. We don't put it out for bid. That's my personal opinion. I think I've been raised by some, and it's just not my experience the last few years. Okay. Somebody else have any other thoughts? Um, you broached this uh, saying you thought you need, we needed to give you our approval to post them. Yes, I did say that. And there's actually one other. Have you other... resolved it? 
Well, I'm actually going to make you guys motion for it just because okay. I'm going to, because there's one other thing that I want to add that, um, that I have not added yet, but there was, um, Chris McHugh actually had dug up some other slides on traffic that she had posted that I thought were good ones that we had didn't do a call out for, but they are from the, um, one of the older meetings where it actually kind of compared what, um, what the traffic kind of was and based on the COVID study, what it would be. Um, and then it kind of gave things, some ratings, I thought they were good slides. So um, I think that we could add those to the traffic section also. And I think we just need a page number call out for those. So in addition to the enrollment ones, plus those uh, few traffic slides, I thought that those would be good for us to add if you guys are all okay with that. Yeah, I think it's good. Okay. Um, all right, so I guess I'll entertain a motion to um, appease me for the ones I already posted and add the ones that I said. So moved. Okay. Second. All right. Okay. So let's go around. Yes. 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 Well, alrighty then. Okay. Cool. So then I think that. Um, do you guys have anything else before I turn it over to Scott to talk a little bit about? Town meeting. So I guess a little bit of procedure of where we're going to go from here is um, we're going to have Scott come and sit closer to the owl <laughs> so that the people at home can see him. And so we do have um, about 24 people out there. We had wanted to project them up here, but the reason we shut that off is because we were getting a lot of feedback that people couldn't hear us um, online. And so um, what I'll probably do is I'll just turn one of these screens around so people can see who it is that's talking. Um, and so I apologize for that. But what we'll do is um, Scott's going to talk a little bit about how town meeting is going to run. And then um, we will, we have, we had some slides to show you that I'm not going to show you now because we can't <laughs> mirror them up there. But just we were going to talk for a minute about what our process has been. And then we're going to open it up to um, comments and thoughts and from everyone. And so what I would when we get to that point, what, um, what I'd like to do if you are out in computer land, if you could go into the Q&A and put your name and your address and that you wanna talk, you don't have to write what you're gonna say because I'm gonna promote you to a panelist so you can talk, but if you wanna kind of start a queue, we can do that. And then um, it doesn't look like we have an extremely unreasonable amount of time to talk. So I'm sure everybody will be able to get to do that. So, um, but what I'll probably, try to do as much as I can remember is to maybe give the folks who haven't had a chance to talk to us talk first and then people that have come a second time talk. And then after that, we're gonna circle back to Scott for specific questions about town meeting. So our first round is just going to be thoughts that you want us to hear on the article. And then we'll close that hearing part. And then I'm gonna turn it back over to Scott about the town meeting. Sound good? That sounds great. All right. Yeah, thank All you. you. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. And hello, everybody. Good to see you guys again. You know, really on behalf of the town, I want to make sure that I express uh, my admiration for, you know, for all of you and, and, and our appreciation. You know, this has really been above and beyond. I appreciate the effort that you've made as citizen volunteers to, you know, to really be able to evaluate this complex question and to be able to uh, provide to the town, uh, you know, really some uh, information, some knowledge about uh, about this whole uh, situation and its complexity, and 
And I think it's been a tremendous, tremendous service. And I've, I've heard that echoed throughout the town. So I want to make sure I express that appreciation. I've always felt that the Warren Committee has a you know, really significant role in the legislative and the administrative and the financial uh, activities of the town. And I think it's been uh, clearly de demonstrated here as we kind of approach the town meeting. So, so thank you. Can I be a pain? Please. Can I get you to swing that way? Because there's a smudge on the video and yeah. everybody's seeing a smudge on your face. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. And then that way they can see you a little bit better too if you sit a little bit. Oh, you tell me where. Okay. Okay. I put the owl in my purse to come down here so it wouldn't get wet. I, <laughs> it might be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Try that. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, thanks. You know, and, and I think that everybody knows that, uh, you know, one of the, you know, the two major uh, responsibilities of the town moderator is in the conducting of the annual town meeting and any special town meetings. And the other very, very major responsibility of the town meter, uh, town moderator by our charter is the appointment of the Warren Committee. So, um, you know, I'm always trying to uh, do what we've done here is to find people of high character and integrity and who are not constrained by a, just a single issue focus, but who really kind of add team players who add knowledge and experience and business insight, uh, you know, to the evaluation of these questions. And I'm, you know, I'm very pleased with, with, uh, with this group for sure. So I, I kind of stepped up and said I would do a, a, a brief introduction of, of folks. And we have two new members uh, this year. So um, you guys have come to know Steve Callahan. Uh, he's a recently retired uh, audit partner from KPMG, nearly 40 years of experience providing audit services to financial service clients. Uh, Steve and his wife, Mara, have been residents of Medfield for 27 years and raised and educated their children in Medfield. He's been involved at St. Edward's Church, the Boy Scouts, and, and like, like all of the folks that, you know, in the panel have been involved in uh, Medfield affairs in one way or the other. So I'm not going to list all of the, you know, the ways in which people have been engaged, but this has been a very engaged group. So Steve, welcome. And, and also uh, new this year is Jillian Rafter. Hi, Jillian, uh, Medfield resident for 12 years. She's a senior vice president and directs project management for a prominent local community bank has over 17 years in the financial services industry. Um, and she and her husband have two kids who are ages four and two. Yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least when we met. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> welcome. And uh, in no particular order after that, uh, Amanda, Amanda Hall is Associate General Counsel and Head of Legal uh, Amer Americas at Cyber Reason has over 14 years uh, in the technology space as, as counsel, dealing with a range of complex uh, business and strategic matters, um, has been involved in the leadership of a, a series of nonprofit organizations and business-related boards and committees, and a, a bunch of uh, uh, charities that having to do with the Schwartz Center uh, Children's Trust Fund, Museum of Fine Arts, and so a lot of activities outside of the town of Midfield and outside of business, originally from Texas, moved to Massachusetts to come to law school, and she has lived in Medfield with her husband and two daughters since 2016. Bob Sliney, he's retired after a career in business operation and finance, a very successful career. He's been a resident of Medfield for 27 years. Uh, three of his adult children all attended the Medfield Public Schools. This is his fourth year on the, on the Warren Committee. Uh, during his entire retirement, he's been engaged in uh, volunteer work, homeless, and supporting Cristo Ray School in Dorchester. Uh, his wife Molly has been involved in a, a variety of town activities as well, and he and Bob is a U.S. Army veteran as well. Jeremy Marset, Jeremy and his wife Bonnie have been Medfield residents for 17 years, ra raising their daughter Isabel and son Owen, 
Uh, Bonnie was a third grade teacher at the Wheelock School in Midfield and is currently a literary specialist in the Wellesley Public Schools. Um, Jeremy has a, quite a range of uh, professional uh, accomplishments and degrees beyond being a professional civil engineer. He's licensed in uh, drinking water treatment operations. Uh, his current role is as director of the public works for the town of Natick. He used to work as an assistant director of public works and town engineer for Framingham. Um, has been involved in a variety of uh, committees uh, in Medfield, uh, planning committees and advisory committees, uh, the Board of Water and Sewerage uh, for several years. Uh, one thing that I, I noted on, uh, on Jeremy's bio was that he is also recently appointed to the Board of Directors of the Massachusetts Financial Association of Town Finance Committees. So I didn't know that, and congratulations on that. That'll bring a lot of, I think, uh, insight back to you know, the board. So thanks for all that you're doing. Uh, Newton Thompson. Newton Thompson is a three-year member of the Warren Committee. Uh, Newton and his wife, Kathy, have lived in Medfield since 1984. Uh, they have two adult children. Christina and Philip, and uh, both of whom attended the Medfield schools. Uh, Newton retired in 2018 <laughs> after a 43-year career in financial services. Uh, in addition to being active on the Warren Committee, is also very active in Medfield and the Affordable Housing Trust. He's been involved in uh, lacrosse at the youth and high school level. His wife, Kathy, of course, uh, many of you know, is a nurse leader for the Medfield Public Schools and a nurse at the Dale Street Elementary School. I had to so, get that plug in. I know. I wanted you to anyway. And, you know, we've been seeing Kathy because um, one of the things attendant to the upcoming special town meeting has been uh, conversations with the Board of Health. And she's been uh, very helpful in, in those conversations. And those have been important conversations as we think through what we uh, want to be doing on November 7th. And Ed Vasella is married, had three children who went through the public schools. Actually, your daughter came back and was worked as a, in, in guidance in the in the Medfield Public Schools when my son was there. Uh, 41 years uh, in town, uh, retired, uh, was a former controller and VP of, at uh, finance at Grossman Lumber for over 20 years, was a controller at Staples 10 years. And then also uh, when he and I started talking again, we, you were the director of finance and operations for the Manfield, Mansfield schools for over 10 years been involved in St. Edwards, the Lions Club, the Food Cupboard, and a lot of other activities. So thank you for that. Christine, Christine Barton, you moved to Medfield in 2008, right, with husband Kevin and two daughters. I'm not sure how old they are. A senior no. and a sophomore at Medfield High School. No, that's great. Okay. Uh, so a senior and a, and a freshman at Medfield High School. Sophomore. A sophomore, excuse me. <laughs> uh, Christine, of course, is an attorney. Uh, with expertise and uh, a lot of experience in commercial real estate and commercial real estate development and uh, a lot of involvement with Medfield organizations. So thank you. And our chairperson, uh, Sharon Kingsley Tatro, is president of Kingsley Business Services, um, has a deep, deep background in finance, investment, and in financial services, and also in human resources and human resources background as well. Uh, before becoming president of Kingsley uh, Business Services. You ran operations there for over 10 years. Um, we know that your husband is on the park and rec. Yes. My I don't know how long you've been in Medfield. 17 years, 17 or 18 years. 17 or 18 years. So, uh, you know, we look for a, you know, a blend of skills and experiences, but also uh, always a group that can come together. And so that, uh, 
you know, the, the, the whole is more than the sum of the parts, which I think it has really demonstrated uh, over the course of the last several months by the way that you've come together to do the work that you've done. So that's much appreciated. So uh, just to reaffirm what Sharon had to say, I'm just gonna go very quickly here through um, the town meeting uh, proceedings. And then I'm gonna step aside for the warrant committee hearing and, uh, and listen. And then when you do adjourn the warrant committee hearing, I will, I guess, come back and I will answer a variety of questions about why I made some of the decisions that I did. And also I have some announcements about, about a variety of things that are associated with the town meeting. I have an apology to make as well, so I'll do that uh, afterwards and, uh, and just and speak a little bit about uh, where we are as we're within two weeks of you know, orchestrating this very special, special town meeting. So uh, most of what you're going to hear is what I announced at the selectmen's meeting with maybe a little bit more guidance than, uh, than that. And uh, there's been a lot of discussion, uh, conversations with, with all the usual folks that I talk to as we prepare for town meetings, but even more intensive in the, in the last week, uh, discussions uh, with town council and our town clerk and our town administrative offices and, and others uh, around that, and with a lot of people in town. Uh, there's no question about that. I've gotten an extraordinary amount of input. I've tried to process as much of that input as I as I could since last Tuesday's announcement at the selectmen's meeting, um, and so that valuable input has come fast and furious. And uh, you know, I really have tried to uh, take in and process as much as I can. Uh, we're hoping that the weather is going to be good on November seventh. That would help us. Um, we'd like to do registration just at right out in, sun, in front of the, the high school to allow for people to be able to spread out a little bit more. Uh, as they enter, you know, ultimately we will be, uh, people will be uh, joining the meeting from as many as five venues. So it's going to be important that we can try to get registration done uh, smoothly. We want to start uh, right on time. So uh, registration will open at 11 o'clock. Um, there will be a lot of automobiles in and around the high school. So when it comes to parking and planning, I hope people will think ahead about that. At noontime, town meeting will begin. I'm assuming, of course, that we have a quorum of 250 people at that time. I'm expecting that we are. If we do, we will start right at 12 noon um, after the national anthem, maybe a moment of Thanksgiving. We'll, uh, I will just take a couple of minutes to review the guidelines. It's important to have clarity as to what is going to happen on that particular day. I'm going to do what I can do between now and then to, to try to promote that clarity as well. That's why I'm you know, I'm here tonight, uh, as well as as at last week's uh, selectmen's meeting, and I'll, uh, you know, I will continue to try to do what I can to to provide that. So after I provide the, the meeting guidelines, uh, will be the making of the positive main motion. This is very important because we only have one article at, at this town meeting, and we're only going to have one motion. And so we'll have one main motion uh, to be made. The main motion would be made by the warrant committee if it is in the majority after you vote next week. Uh, the warrant committee would be making the main motion. That's our tradition. Most of, as you see, that uh, of, of what I'm doing as a part of these guidelines uh, stays with the precedents that we have established uh, over time. So that would that would be one of them. Uh, and after the, if in, in fact, if the if the warrant committee uh, doesn't have a, a, a positive motion to make, of course, the, the main motion is made by the sponsor. So that's again, is that stays with the same tradition that we've honored. Uh, after the warrant committee, uh, after the main motion is made, the warrant committee will have reports. Uh, majority report could be a majority and a minority report that would that would go next. Uh, I will then go to the closing presentation uh, by the article sponsor. Talk to Mike Quinlan uh, on on Sunday a little bit about that. We'll come up with a, a time frame 
be looking at the 12 to 15 minute time frame. have also received uh, outreach from the, the school committee as a co-sponsor around uh, having some time as uh, as well it would be also be, be more limited than the, than the school building committee who i think would be the principal sponsor who would be making their, their presentation uh, after that um, i would turn to a closing statement at microphone one from the keep dale at dale coalition uh, and uh, jerry what what are we at we are a, a municipal ballot committee right an mdc which i learned about only in the last couple of days because i've been referring to them as a pack, and uh, and there will be a designee. Whoever I haven't talked to Jerry about that yet, but the co coalition would have an opportunity to be able to designate uh, someone to be able to make a, a you know fairly extensive closing statement at at that time, and then I uh, would I would allow the the other group. I don't know whether uh, for our kids for our town is actually a pack or a MBC. They're, but the, they're the same. They're the same. Okay, so so that uh, municipal. Uh, ballot committee will also uh, be allocated uh, a few minutes in order to be able to make what I would call a closing statement. I'm then going to turn to a period of uh, brief uh, time statements in opposition and in support of the motion. Um, that time frame would be undefined, uh, but you know it's really on an as-needed basis usually as a legislative body. But uh, the, the, the piece of guidance that is new, having listened to people today and wanting to bring more certainty, is that um, there will be a, uh, an inquiry made uh, by me of the participating voter legislators. I've done that before many, many times. I kind of ask, are we ready? And how many people uh, would object if we went forward with the vote? Or does anybody need more information if they did to, to approach the mic? I'll do a, a short, I don't expect that. I'm being told by everybody that is writing to me, the several hundred emails that uh, I have received have all told me that they have made up their mind. And so they are there. Um, a lot of people have, pre uh, have have uh, expressed a desire to have another kind of a voting uh, situation, but at that point in time, let's, let's assume that uh, that people are, are ready to vote. Uh, I would then uh, be prepared to go to final statements of the opponent and the proponent, and then to call the question. The earliest that I would do that would be 1.30. So this is where the guidance comes in. I'm gonna be very predictable as it relates to that. So we will go 90 minutes uh, having these uh, uh, closing uh, statements and these closing reports. And at that point, um, at, at the point that I, you know, that I feel that uh, we are ready to, to vote, which could be uh, any time after that, uh, and after I test the, uh, the sentiment of the participating voters who are there as our legislators as to their readiness, we will vote. And so, uh, you know, 130 would be the earliest. So I've made that assurance so that nobody gets caught short in terms of their registering to be able to vote. Uh, this does a number of things for us. Um, you know, I encourage everybody to be there right from the beginning. I need my quorum of 250 to get started. Uh, you know, I think that it's it's of value to be able to listen to um, all of these people to be able to present and some people in opposition and some people who are proponents to be able to talk for a few minutes again. Uh, that's the nature of our town meeting tradition. And uh, but we will call the vote and uh, with some dispatch there and we will then move to our vote. There'll be final statements made um, by a designated opponent and by a, pro uh, a proponent or the, or the sponsor. Um, a motion will be made uh, by me to call the question. Uh, it will be done on a voice vote, assuming that it, it, it carries overwhelmingly. Uh, at that point, then I will uh, 
send a signal at that point to the uh, to the town clerk and the, the registration will close and we'll get into our voting process, which we again hope to move quickly. Voting will be uh, done on the motion uh, by submission of voting cards and they'll be done at each of the planned five venues. We hope to have an opportunity to be able to have a couple of places for people to be able to submit those cards uh, at the uh, at the gym where we expect there to be the largest crowd. We would then have a, 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 a pause uh, the question has uh, arisen as to whether people would have to remain after uh, they have voted, and the answer is no, as long as I can maintain a quorum. Uh, I don't need a quorum to be able to determine that vote. I just need a quorum at the end to be able to adjourn the meeting, so which would be good. Otherwise, we will have that. But so we will have that vote. So um, you know, I I often will just try to describe to people what how, you know how the proceeding will go, and and because we've used a lottery at the annual town meeting, it's very difficult for people to be able to kind of time their appearance and to be there to vote. But in light of all of the considerations that have that have been uh, communicated to me. Uh, in light of the fact that we're in, uh, you know, we're, we, we have health considerations, we have another meeting, I think, on Thursday with the Board of Health to kind of make sure we're reviewing and doing this safely. Uh, this would give an opportunity for people to be at the high school if they were to choose in, you know, the shortest period of, of time, be sometime after 1.30 until we uh, until we then call the vote, which um, is, is likely to be not too long after that. And then we'll go right to voting and then people who uh, want to can leave the meeting, hopefully leaving me necessarily that, the quorum that I need. I think people will be very interested, as I am, to be able to see the, you know, the results of the vote. Um, so we, we'll come back, there'll be an announcement of the vote and the ruling on the motion, and then a the motion to adjourn. And, uh, you know, that will be the meeting. Now, I will, uh, when I come back, uh, you know, I'm happy to answer questions about uh, what I think town meeting is, why, what I think is the value of uh, precedent, and but also of fairness and reasonableness, these other criteria that I've uh, talked about for 19 years. Um, you know, the Ashland model has been has been prominent. I don't know how many people in the Warren Committee has been communicated to, but uh, I will speak a little bit to that. Uh, you know, having uh, drilled down into into that, and uh, there's been a number of people who have uh, written to me by email who have uh, have been looking for me to uh, consider elements of the Ashland model. And I think that when it comes to the question of certainty and trying to abbreviate the time and and some of the exposure, we've tried to do that in a way that stayed consistent with the 20 years of precedent that we have. We have two kinds of precedent in Medfield that are important. We have the precedent that's been established in, in the 19 years that I've been doing this, uh, which includes uh, several special town meetings uh, that you know most of you have, have been at or seen. So that's important. Then we also have a historical precedent in terms of the way we run our, our town meeting that goes back all the way through other major school decisions that were uh, you know, a generation ago. Uh, but they're all they're all uh, important to maintain. So I'll I'll speak to all that. I hope to have an announcement on childcare. I'll make my apology regarding my social media accident, um, and then I would like to speak about uh, getting out the vote uh, and really encouraging people to come on November seventh. You, you know, even if it's for a shorter duration. And uh, hopefully, what we do is we get a, a you know good expression of the sentiment of the of the town of Medfield. So I look forward to joining you again here after the hearing closes. All right. Um, so before we jump into the hearing, um, we were just going to talk for like a couple of minutes just about the process that we've gone through since July or August. And um, 
you all can't see the really cool honeycomb slide that Jill did. So we'll post it later and everybody can look at it since she took the time to do that. But um, Jill doesn't get to talk a lot. So I was kind of hoping that she could kind of walk through what she did yeah, put together. Cool. Yeah, sure. and, and everything that we've been doing the past couple of months anyways. Yeah, um, here, you can take the computer. Oh, here. I'm also just coming back from the vacation. So, so she just flew back from Florida there. and now we're going to make her talk. <laughs> so forgive me, but um, we, you know, we discussed and thought it'd be important to kind of just over, go over the process, what we've been doing um, on the subcommittee and um, much of the other committee members have been involved through that. But um, there's three main objectives for what we've been doing the past couple of months. Um, the first one is really reviewing, gathering, evaluating, analyzing facts around the school project and, and this Warren article. Um, for the, the replacement of the Dale Street School. Um, just to bring that information to light, share it with the rest of the committee and make sure that we're really balanced with information and we're on the same page with it. And I think we've really achieved that to this point. Um, gaining relevant information through meetings and conversations with various town committees, departments, employees, um, the municipal ballot question coalitions, um, and a lot of the other stakeholders to share this over Zoom. So oh, you can yeah. keep talking and I'm just going to share your screen. Go for it. Um, so we've spent a lot of time, I think, with all of those areas. Um, but the ultimate goal and the third objective here was really to um, have a Q&A with everybody um, in the town and have access to Q&A and a path for that um, and then publish that in a high level document with, um, that's available now on the the subcommittee website. Um, there's a lot of information that's floating out there, um, you know, pages and pages, and I don't know how many thousands of pages is out there, but several thousand. Um, <laughs> yes, as we've gone through. But, you know, it's, it's an important um, project. It's important to the town, and it's really important that the facts um, are out there for everybody. And that's really what the, the main objective was. So um, the group meetings, there were several of them, multiple multiple nights um, in between, you know, August and now when we um, when we started it, but we met with the various groups like the school building committee, town selectmen, finance, um, facilities, um, it goes on and on. And we'll publish this whole thing out there so you can see kind of the scope of who we met with. Um, in addition to the Q&A document that's out there, which is really important. It's a great reference. If there's some nagging question or something that feels unanswered, that's your best resource, I think, going into um, the special town meeting to take a look at. And um, we covered every topic uh, we can probably think of or was suggested. I think that was most important too, um, is that we wanted to make sure we're covering all the bases. And we did a lot of deep diving. So we did a lot of deep diving on different topics, but. Um, it was really A to Z and the, you know, the email address and the um, Q&A process was open for quite some time for folks to give us feedback on um, topics that maybe we didn't get to. And I think at this point we've exhausted all of them. So there's a very lengthy Q&A document, again, that's out there. And this um, document will add to it and share. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of meetings and a lot of hours spent on meetings. So one of the things too, if you're looking for it is um, times in those meetings. I think it's so important to have that. It's just a call it. We put it in our meeting notes as much as we can, but if you're looking for a topic and want to see that segment of the meeting, um, check that out. It's a great resource and you won't have to go through three hours of a meeting if you want one answer on something. So 
Um, but that's really the that was really the process, and we've I think put together a really comprehensive um, list of the Q and A's and the facts of the project out there. So, and I will say they made me rec record a update on Friday, and apparently it's live on YouTube now. I haven't watched it yet, so yes. anybody that wants to hear me say that and and do a little PSA about go vote. I did that on Friday, so I have no idea what it looks like, but you can go to Midfield TV and watch that. I started listening. Here. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have it. <laughs> I have it. Yeah. It's so. good. I think that there's a lot of different paths, um, depending on, on the way the vote goes. So um, that's a great resource, too, to kind of talk about some of the what happens if. So I try to cover that as well. So, good. Cool. Great. All right, so then do you wanna just stop the screen share? Yes. Um, all right, so then I guess I had to officially call the hearing part of this to order. So um, it doesn't, is anybody out in Zoom land, if you wanna talk, if you can say something in the Q and A, it doesn't look like anybody is right now. So we'll start with people that are here. So I think the way we'll do it is just so people can see you is that maybe you can come and sit in um, Scott's chair or this one, whichever one you feel more comfortable with. Um, does anybody want to go first? Then I'll jump up at once. If there's no volunteers, I'll let anybody who's been here before would like to go first and we'll do it in any particular order. Um, no? Sure. Okay. Have a seat. <laughs> oh, and can you uh, state your name and your address? I certainly can. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is George Gallagher. I live at 16 Carmen Circle. Uh, I'm a registered Medfield voter for 41 years. My family's been in town for 51. And while I haven't spent uh, every night under a Medfield roof, I do consider myself almost a lifelong Medfield resident. I'm a graduate of uh, Medfield High in 1979. I've attended the Wheelock School. Never got over to Dale because the configuration was different when I went to school here. Uh, I'd first like to start out by publicly thanking the elected and appointed officials that serve our town for their time. Your time is a significant personal sacrifice. And no one can deny that you've given of yourself for the town. Unfortunately, regarding the elementary school project, that's all I can thank you for, because your efforts have gone against town wishes, as repeatedly expressed. And I can't thank you for wasting three years of my and my fellow citizens' time on a project doomed to failure that was never requested. That time, like the open space that will be destroyed should the proposed project move forward, can never be recovered. And the result, when this project fails at town meeting and the ballot box, will be an unnecessary delay in the construction of an important required new facility for our town. Of course, the SBC could surprise me tomorrow and miraculously request the extension that has been repeatedly asked for by many taxpayers and that the MSBA regularly grants, which could keep the project on better timing. However, after what's occurred to date, it's unrealistic to expect that level of clarity to appear overnight. This project has been fraught with process flaws which would take hours to delineate, but which could be delineated in specific detail. Tonight, I'll focus on the two that I feel are the most egregious and damaging towards the effort to construct a new school in town. First, 
the unauthorized change in location from the Dale Street School's current location on Adams Street as specified in the 2018 warrant, which was passed to authorize a feasibility study. We asked for the replacement of the Dale Street School. The language in the warrant article was very specific, detailing the address of the school, as well as the actions to be taken in the study with the intended outcome of replacement of the Dale Street School. Markedly absent from that language is any mention of relocation of the school. Had the warrant included the Elm Street location as the intended site, particularly without public input and debate as has occurred with this project's site selection, that warrant never would have passed at town meeting and we wouldn't have the conflict that we currently face. Such an important change should have been brought before the town and the voters for a vote prior to being submitted to the NSBA. Instead, the SBC misappropriated authority to make the change, leading us to where we are tonight. Second, the inappropriate influence of the school superintendent. The superintendent is a town employee paid handsomely in our tax dollars for leading our school system. He also has a large responsibility for a significant amount of our tax dollars in the form of the budget allocated to our schools. However, he is not a town resident, doesn't pay taxes here, has no vote in town, and yet has played an oversized and inappropriate role in the school project. To the extent that he has manipulated a voting seat on the school building committee to advance a project in which he has a personal and professional stake not necessarily aligned with the town's interests. Should a superintendent or other town educator have input on a new school? Absolutely. A non-voting seat on the committee would be completely appropriate. However, no town employee other than a town resident should have a vote on a capital expenditure of our tax dollars. In fact, this inappropriate influence was partially responsible for the citizens position that led to the recently passed town article 30, town meeting article 30, specifically detailing composition and selection of future school building committees. Even after this article passed and having heard the outlook of the town's voters, the superintendent did not relinquish his vote. Hopefully, the guidance from that non-binding article will lead us to a more successful outcome during the next effort to replace the Dale Street School, and the failed vote at town meeting and at the ballot box will be taken for what it is, a referendum on the site for construction of our new elementary school, its appropriate and current location at 45 Adams Street. Thank you for your time. Anyone want to go next? We don't have any takers on Zoom. Sure, go on, Richard. <laughs> Happy I'm out of a boot and can walk. I was going to say, I was glad to see you weren't in uh, hobbling in here, crutches. Three days bootless, <laughs> and the day that I got out of the boot, I got my handicap pass. <laughs> so, three months to get it. I'm like, no, I don't really need it. Now. Um, That's red tape at work for you. Cherry Pot 7 Curve Street. Um, first of all, I Sincerely, despite all of the discussion and, and appearing divisiveness, um, you all have put in an incredible amount of time, as have the people on the school building committee. Um, we are an amazing town with people who care. It runs on volunteers. That's, it, it, you know, Scott, I know his salary is extensive, but somehow we cover that. <laughs> I think that's the override, Scott, right? Um, <laughs> And, and in this situation, as I said at the session we had with you, um, I, I think the dialogue that's taken place over the last month and a half has been incredibly constructive. 
Um, my regret is it didn't take place before the site selection because unfortunately um, that was a complex decision that had one meeting. And I regret that because whatever the town votes, and I, I think all of us one way or another come November 7th, I want as many people to come out and that vote to reflect the values of our town, whatever they are. Um, I don't have an ax to grind with people who care deeply about education and believe Elm Street's a great location. I truly don't. My position has been repeatedly, I wanna make sure that the best Dale Street scenario is presented so that the town can make the decision based on the values that are important to the town. I, because I have really no life, spent three and a half years as a non-committee member going to the state hospital meetings because there are probably two epic decisions we as a town will make that shape the next 50, 60, 70 years when I'm long gone and my kids will come back and hopefully visit my grave uh, in Medfield. Um, one is the state hospital. That process took four years. There was a lot of hang, hang ringing and people were, why is this taking so long? Um, that committee, similar to what you did, except they did it for consistently four years <laughs> under scrutiny and they had to fire the first consultant, worked incredibly hard to get town input in multiple forums in a way to ensure in an incredibly respectful way that it, it was representing the values of our town. Um, the Warren Committee played an incredible role in that process and in asking incredibly difficult questions that frankly, thank God they were asking because you want those questions up front in the process. And there were a lot of people who thought that when the master plan was submitted, that it was some kind of wild wish list that would never happen. You don't want 700 units, you're never gonna be able to do that. The only way you can make this work is by putting 700 high density units up there. And the plan was around 340 units and it was to keep the buildings and use historic tax credits and miracle of miracles. I'm not saying we would select them, but we have a very well-qualified Trinity development company that wrote a 450 page document that aligned with the values of our town and enthusiastically supported the outcome of that. And the reason I tell that story is today we have an $82 million building that will fundamentally change the town one way or another. And the folks at Dale, at Dale, at the coalition want a building. We, we want education. It's one of the important things that in the townwide master plan is clearly stated. Our values and the reason that we've argued on open space and water is not because we have some personal vendetta against someone. It's because we care deeply just as you do about the town. And we believe that we can do multiple things well, that we can have a school and preserve open space and preserve our water and maintain the downtown and give a great educational experience. The Dale Street PSR said that that plan fully meets educational programming. Now, I'm not saying that we haven't had many, many people from the school who have said it's better at Elm, they have. And there've been teachers who've spoken on that as well. Our issue is that in balancing all of the, all of the values that we have as a town, this is not really, I mean, it is an economic vote. It's gonna be a lot of money no matter what. But if we're spending 82 million, can we do it in a way that actually preserves the most values for the town. Um, and, and so the last thing about this, despite whatever rhetoric and, and literally we, my wife and I are getting threats from people in town, okay? 
Um, so this has not been a fun experience for us. Um, we're not taking this lightly. We're not doing this because we're irritated with someone. We, we're doing it because we love the town. We have been here for 29 years. Our kids have gone through it. It's a beautiful place. And we care deeply that we treat it that way because the decision we're gonna make is gonna impact 50, 60, 70 years. So ultimately this will be a vote on values. And yes, there's money and there's finances and one way or another, we're gonna spend a lot of money on a school. But I, I hope we as a town, regardless of what happens, if it's a no vote, then we have a lot of work to do to get a consensus built, to get a school built for our kids because they deserve it. If it's a yes vote, we'll be upset that there, we believe is gonna be irreparable damage done to open space, but the people will have spoken and that will represent what our values are. So contrary to whatever social media postings on whatever bad night, if, this, if the Red Sox lose, I've correlated, I come out a little more aggressive on my posting. So, so I apologize in advance for that. Um, but I apologize to anyone who's served on any of these committees who's taken these as personal attacks. I'm passionate about what I believe in. I'm hoping the town does the best it can to balance what is a really complex issue. So thank you for letting me speak. Uh, we still have no one online that wants to talk, even though there's 20 people watching. So I don't, does anybody else who's sitting here would you like to speak? No? Okay, go and let's, do you want to? Okay. <laughs> so want is a real strong. <laughs> otherwise, we're going to get to the going once, going twice. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> and then so we'll get, let Scott come back up. <laughs> Which I'm actually looking forward to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nicole Drummond, eight on and dog Lane. Uh, this is not something that I enjoy speaking in front of everybody, but I wanted to just take it from a perspective from having young kids in the school system. I have a first grader, I have a fifth grader, I have an eighth grader, and I volunteer a lot. I've been here for nine years, but the amount of work that you all have done is tremendous and I just wanted to say thank you from a parent perspective from a resident perspective to say that I feel like every perspective from each and every citizen in this town you covered so thank you for all of that um and I think that everybody will have my biggest I, I actually wrote to Scott today because my one and only point is to get out and vote. And regardless of what you believe, I just want to see this town, this little town. I grew up in New Jersey. I've never had warrant committee experience. We had a mayor. We actually had electronic voting. Um, but it's just so important for everybody's voices to be heard. And I appreciate the change of time. I appreciate that, you know, one thirty is a time set that people can now look at and say, okay, we will be there because we want to have our voices heard. But I just wanted to publicly say and encourage that everybody in this town to get out and have your voices heard. Because the last thing we want to do is turn around at the end of all of this and feel like some people weren't heard and others were. So we all have our opportunity. And I just wanted to say thank you for all of it. Thanks. Yes, go ahead. 
Eileen Murphy, five minute comment. And um, I do want to echo the same statement. I know you guys have put in a ton of time and I really appreciate it. you gave uh, a group of us back in October, early October, almost three, four hours. Right? And it was fantastic. And um, to, to follow on the statement we just made, uh, Colleen Sullivan called me just before I left for this meeting to let me know that she did just put um, a letter to the editor that I put out, um, just summarizing why I am concerned with the vote um, and why it is important for voices to be heard. And why am I here tonight? I love, and I said this when I met with you before, looking people square in the eye, this is how meetings should go. I hate Zoom meetings. I hate that I could be trying to raise my hand and it's, it's now way into the meeting and no one's getting a chance to respond because everyone's already taken their, their day job and then they're here for another three or four hours at night. So I just think that it's the only thing that's really been unfortunate. And I, and I think that, that it's been said a few times here tonight, the voices really weren't heard to the level that I think the town is used to doing. Um, and I hear some of these new people in town talk about like the Medfield way. Well, everyone here has significant experience as to how we've done these, these pretty intense town meetings. And I, and I love our moderator. I think that Scott does a fantastic job and holy smokes over the years between the senior center and, and think some things that have occurred. He's a gentleman and, and everyone gets a chance to speak. So I do look forward to Sunday. Um, as I said in my editorial, it's important to come out and vote. I don't care how people vote, but coming out, being part of the process, being able to look your neighbor square in the eye. And, and if you vote yes and I vote no, that's 100% okay, as long as you voted, right? Take the time on that Sunday afternoon, be part of it. And, and I thank you all for your efforts. And I thank the school committee. I thank the superintendent. I look at, think of all the principals and the teachers <laughs> in this town. You know, we're, we're all trying to do the best. And, and I think Jerry said it very nicely. No one's here to attack. Like, th that's, that is so against the Medfield way. So. Thank you, and we'll see you all on November 7th. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, anybody else do you want to go? I wish we could make the owl hoot every time. <laughs> if you haven't been here early enough or when it gets plugged in, it, act, it hoots. It's like my favorite part. That's why I come early now. <laughs> Uh, Chris Potts, 7 Curve, Curve Street. I do also want to express appreciation for everybody who has taken the time um, over the last few years to engage in this whole process. I'm going to just um, probably take a little bit more of an emotional, I guess, um, position on this. Um, you know, when we, when we moved into town, I'll never forget probably one of the first experiences that we ever had was the 350th anniversary events that took place in town. I don't know if anybody was here for that, but you know, you had pie eating contests, you had house tours, you had tree plantings, you have daffodil plantings. And I will never forget the day that I was over at the Stanley's house and Mike Stanley gave me a tour of his property. And he talked about how beautiful and special the land was in Medfield and how much it meant to him to protect as, um, as much of it as he possibly could. I mean, we have Noon Hill Reservation because of the Stanleys and their work. Through the years, um, through the music program and through getting to know, you know, I joke around the, the long timers in town, you know, I got to know people like Barbara and Mike Cronin. You know, we went to a tea, I went to a tea at their house, you know, one of those 350th anniversary tours. And between Barbara and Mike, you know, they would do the archaeological digs with the kids at the, at, from the schools. They would, um, she was very involved with the Hannah Adams house. Um, they were so gracious. And, you know, you talked to them to for hours about the beautiful tree that was in front of the property on White Street. 
and the, the extent that they went to, to take care of that and be caretakers of that. So, you know, we live in a house that's 1865 and this beautiful open space and the stories that I've heard from these people that came before us before we moved in were important to me as a, as a resident. It was their values, their priorities, you know, and they also were very passionate about the schools, but that wasn't the only thing that they were passionate about. They were passionate about the, the character of the town, the natural resources that we have, they, the things that, they, that were important to, to protect. And what's been fascinating is to go through the old annual reports for the town and to look at uh, the deeds, you know, from the Stanleys and to see that they, they, the land around the wells are protected because of the Stanleys. That was theirs. And, and, and the deeds will show that, that that land around the wells, I mean, it's further apart from the school property, but the land around the wells is not supposed to have any construction on it. And I've gone over and I visited with, with um, Carolyn Stanley over the last two years. And I sit in her backyard and I look at that beautiful property and I say, she took the time and effort to put a conservation restriction on that because she did not want to see that land disturbed. She did not want to see it destroyed. And you know, you have the restriction on the deeds of not developing that land around the wells. And, you know, I'm talking to people who have lived in this town for a long time. Someone like um, uh, uh, Tom Sweeney, you know, he was assessor for years and he'll tell you, I mean, I was on the phone with him for hours listening to the stories about the, the planes that used to take off on that field. And John Thompson, you know, who, you know, our archeological coal specialist would tell me about walking the property with Mike Stanley and, and the things that they would find and the, the feeling of the soul of that land that's behind Wheelock. So for me, you know, Elm Street is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful road. I love that road. I mean, I was like a little kid when I first discovered it when we moved into town. I do not want to see that road. You know, if a school goes back there, it's, I feel like it's going to destroy the beauty and the character of, of gorgeous, scenic, historic Elm Street. And it would be less of an issue for me if we didn't already have a school in place where we could actually build new, bad rent, whatever, we could work with existing site. It, it, it kills me after spending so much time getting to know and appreciate the values and the character of our town that, that it's just, it's too, too a, some you know people in town that education all of a sudden becomes a bigger priority than protecting the things that we have felt for years, for decades, are important to our town, part to the, important to the character of our town, and that's why I care. I don't I don't have any kind of uh, personal vendetta against anybody or anything. I, I love the beauty and the historical character of our town, and I I just want to protect that land that's back there because of everything that I've learned over the last almost thirty years from talking to to our long term residents. It's important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did anybody else wanna talk? Anyone online? Still nobody? Okay. Nobody online? Well, there's 22 people online, but none of them are- Nobody wants to No talk. one seems to wanna talk. <laughs> or at least they don't wanna talk to us. They might wanna talk to Scott. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, um, so on that note, I guess I'm going to close the hearing and I'm going to ask Scott if he would like to come back and we're going to switch to Scott was going to take some questions about the town meeting and I'm going to let Scott take over again from the chair. All right. 
So are there questions? Um, there are none posted right now. So okay, I why don't we wait a second? <laughs> <laughs> and then we can all go home. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I know, I was gonna say, okay, it's 737. If anybody out in Zoom land would like to ask Scott a question, please put your name and your address in the Q&A. Um, does somebody out there just want to raise their hand so I know you can hear me? I was just going to say, should we send a test? <laughs> I know. Oh, okay. Andrew Foster raised his hand. Oh, lots of people are raising their hands. Okay, you can put your hand back down if you don't want to talk. But I know that it works. Okay. Okay, they've unraised their hands, so it's functioning. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, we have one question from... Um, Jen Montone. Okay, thank you. I don't want to butcher anyone's <laughs> name. Um, so Jen would like to know, it says, I apologize if this has already been answered, but I missed the beginning of the meeting. Is a rolling vote being considered? Thank you. So do you want to repeat that? Uh, yes. So, um, you know, the notion of a rolling vote um, or voting throughout the entirety of the town meeting, beginning from when people arrived or continuous voting uh, as a process, uh, you know, that's, that is not being considered. And, uh, you know, I actually kind of consider that kind of a legal fiction of sorts, you know, I mean, it's not a town meeting. You know, that's, that was my conclusion on the notion of a rolling vote uh, in which people would be able to vote before uh, the motion in some instances had even been made or whether it was, the, there's all kinds of treatments associated with the motions, uh, you know, and, and I'm a believer in the whole process of, of uh, presentation, discussion, debate, deliberation, listening, learning, voting, you know, as a general rule, we're gonna abbreviate that somewhat on the seventh, but, um, you know, I believe in it as a, as a process. I believe it's, it has provided us with excellent results over a long period of time here in Medfield by, by kind of sticking to that process. I believe that we have a precedent that's been established over a long period of time of using that process so there will not be it will not be a continuous vote. To, to me, that's, uh, I, I was kind of saddened, in fact, uh, to have received the 150 emails, uh, you know, asking for that continuous vote because there are other, there are other legitimate kind of, but that's, to me, that was very hard one for me to be able to really kind of configure that that would be a, a you know, a process that we could have voting um, before we did any of the other features that made it a town meeting. One of the things that I, I noted was that, um, it's very important for the moderator to make sure the proceedings don't appear to just be an election. Elections and town meetings are actually governed by kind of different sources of authority. And we have an election in this case. So people that have an interest in having a rolling vote or a continuous vote during the course of the day will have that at the Council of Aging on the 15th. You know, that'll be the way it'll work from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. People will be able to roll into uh, into uh, the council on aging and, and express their sentiment about the, a topic that is, you know, it's not exactly the motion, but it's it's a reframing of what needs to be on on the ballot. So, uh, people that have that as a, you know as a, as a preference have that capacity in the following week. But that's different than a town meeting. And you know what I have to worry about is uh, that um, we have a valid town meeting. It's not going to be invalidated for the for the fact that it looks exactly like an election if you have a continuous voting. So that's just a, maybe a, a longer way around getting to the fact that um, you know that it's it doesn't meet the kind of de definition by uh, authority. It doesn't meet the, the, the definition by our precedent. Doesn't uh, I don't think fulfill the. The, the elements of being a you know a town meeting so no 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 rolling continuous open voting 
as kind of people had suggested from the beginning of the meeting. I have a question. Um, a couple of questions. Yeah. And actually, can I say one thing? Sure. The, the, just, this is just to the people that are out online. Um, Jen, if you could just type another thing in the Q&A just to give us your address. And then I see um, there's someone named Blake will read yours in a minute. Can you also do another one just to say your address? And then we'll take okay. the question here. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so you can be seen. <laughs> Well, the owl, <laughs> do that. The, 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 the owl does 360. Yeah, the owl is a wondrous thing. Yeah. We're fans. That's great. <laughs> We're going to approve the reserve transfer request when it's on So, um, Michelle Kirkby, um, hi, 27 Planting Field Road. Um, I respect that you don't want to do a rolling vote, but the Ashland model actually discusses doing a vote after the special town meeting happens. And I respect the fact that you've set a precedent over the last 19 or 20 years, but according to the official procedures for Ashland's special town meeting, while attempting to hold such a meeting in the time of COVID-19 would be a significant public health risk, the business of the town must be addressed. To allow <laughs> as many registered voters as possible to participate in the special town meeting while also minimizing the health risks of doing so, a non-traditional arrangement has been devised for the special town meeting. So that is the request to be taking in account that we're in a pandemic right now and people want to be able to participate and they don't feel comfortable sitting if they've already made th their mind up on how they're going to vote, sitting amongst people that could be unvaccinated <coughs> and running the risk of the health of their family and themselves during this time. Um, I also know that Jeff sent, Jeff D'Amico sent a letter to the Warren Committee and um, the which Scott, but yeah, we were copying on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you're planning on reading that, but I wanted to highlight some of the things that Jeff talked about in his meeting. Were you going to read it or no? Okay. So, um, Jeff D'Amico, whose address is, uh, let's see, 100 and, oh, sorry, yeah, 170 Granite Street. Um, he's the owner. I am, I'll read as it from Jeff. Um, also, I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not going to read everything that he wrote. I'm the owner's project manager for the Ashton School Project and presented this in person at the ST at the special town meeting. I can attest to the success and praise that the residents of the town had, which preserved their ability to have all residents have their voices and votes heard. Medfield can adapt from the success of the other open town meetings in COVID. Ashland enacted several adjustments that allowed for a successful open town meeting, including reducing the in-person quorum minimum and live broadcasting of the special town meeting via local cable access and web simulcast live. They utilized the high school gym with seating for a few hundred space six feet apart. This allowed anyone that wanted to speak about the project or ask questions to be heard. At the conclusion of the presentation and Q&A, the moderator called for a vote for all present. Then the town opened up the STM for the balance of the residents to stop by the STM to cast their vote over a two and a half hour period. The Ashland model still affords our residents the ability at one time to hear problems presented and listen to the debate of the proposed solution by their peers prior to calling the vote. Anyone interested in participating in the debate can still be present at the high school. The only difference from a traditional special town meeting is that not everyone is physically present in one location. There are several decisions Medfield has already made that would allow this model to be utilized, including the introduction of paper ballots and a daytime special town meeting, which allows for a longer voting period after the presentations are complete. I have managed many Mass School Building Authority MSBA projects and understand their program requirements. 
The Medfield School Project is in partnership with the MSBA, which will not allow a modification to the motion, so it cannot be changed on town meeting floor. So this is also conducive to utilizing the Ashland model. With only a few additional changes to Medfield's STM procedure, we could also open up the STM to allow all residents, regardless of their voting preference, to cast their vote in a manner tailored to their personal safety comfort level. This is the fairest way for the town to let all voters be heard. So that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. And thank you for sharing it, as have a hundred of other folks in town as it went out, you know, so just uh, on, on uh, Wednesday after uh, I presented to the Board of Selectmen, I started receiving scripted emails from folks um, and uh, and some people went off script as well and, and gave me some good comments. I read every single one of them in the first couple of days and responded to every every one. I wasn't uh, paying attention to the warrant from the email box until somebody told me to look at yeah, it today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so and then and then um, you know conversations ensued. I talked to Mike Quinlan on Sunday a little bit about uh, the time that he would take to present and how much time that he uh, felt that uh, would be useful for the presentation. And he talked about Ashland again. And then uh, you know I heard from uh, Jeff, who you know they have a professional relationship and and, and a relationship associated with the town of Ashland. And uh, and I started. Then there was a kind of a sw switch in the, as you will note, you know, where it became not about uh, this process of a, a you know a continuous uh, voting throughout the entirety of the meeting, and then it became a lot of uh, folks that wanted me to look at the Ashland model, which I have. I spent a long time on the phone today with the the town clerk in Ashland, and I've talked to several voters now who have attended that Ashland town meeting, and um, so. You know, you can tell, obviously, um, you know, in considering it, I, I looked at how we could meet many of those objectives, not all of what they wanted to achieve in, in Ashland, but many of those objectives. I think we have. Uh, we've also uh, met many of the, uh, all of the objectives, uh, objectives, not really objectives, guidance that we've gotten from the Board of Health, you know, just to, just to try to, to try to do this uh, safely and to try to uh, do it in, a, in the same open fashion. If I could just speak to the Ashland question, you know, and just, and this is just, I apologize for this, this is all happening on a kind of a real-time basis for me, I and mean, I knew a little bit about Ashland, Christine had forwarded it to me. Uh, I was say, do you want to take a step back and explain to people what the Ashland model is, because that might be going over people's heads so much. That would be helpful for me. Yeah, uh, I have in the file back there, I could get just to kind of, I could be kind of reading, but but what Ashland did is that they uh, they reduced their quorum to, to five people and they started their meeting. Now, this is really, really important because they started their meeting with a vote and that uh, that vote, uh, it, the, the whole meeting was predicated on passing a vote at the beginning of the meeting that would approve the change in their proceedings, kind of the radical change in their proceedings to basically allow people not to come to the meeting. They could come if they wanted to, but uh, when the meeting, when it was called, and they had two items on there, they had a, they had a public safety building and they had an elementary school uh, vote on, on those two votes at that time. And then they kept open afterwards. People were able to watch it from home, presumably, or not watch it from home, but when um, uh, in January, I can't remember, I don't think the Patriots were playing last January, so they probably weren't up against the Patriots. Really but people not, they they, they, yeah. So, so you know, that was basically the, the, the theory. I could give more. I mean, it's, it's, it was. I, I thought it was a highly innovative element of, of you know what they did under the circumstances. But let me just distinguish a couple of things. 
between uh, Medfield and Ashland and, and what they did that I that I felt was uh, important and was determinative as I thought about, you know, now, um, you know, what we wanted to try to do and, and, and how we wanted to try to do it, you know, in the best uh, Medfield tradition. So that is that is one, one of the key elements that is a, is a highly legal element that says that if if we if we were to change the, the meeting as radically as as they did, that you would need to begin the meeting by a vote at the start of the meeting that approved that all of the changes in the proceedings. The whole meeting in Ashland was predicated on that. Well, they, you know, uh, they didn't have much of a quorum. It was easy to get uh, to be able to. They approved the proceedings. If uh, my sense is that if we were to do the same thing, that we would be there for an hour or 90 minutes just debating whether we should be altering or changing our proceedings for the particular town meeting. It would be a whole, it would be a whole other meeting inside of a meeting to do what they were able to do as a pro forma. One of the things I need to, to you know, to clarify about, about, about Ashland and, and, and uh, you know, I did talk to, to uh, uh, folks who attended the meeting and Ashland had a special town meeting that was uh, pro forma. It was a formality that affirmed uh, and already agreed on appropriations in a, in a sense. Uh, people, there was no controversy in Ashland. I'll tell you what the vote was at town meeting. It was 957 to 22. It was over 98% of the people voting at town meeting voted in favor of the appropriation for the, for the public safety building. I think it was 95% or something voted in favor. And that was affirmed uh, you know, a, a week later because when they came back, the town voted in really, by Medfield terms, very historic ways in terms of like, I've got the numbers back here, but it was like 1,522 to 200 at the, at the, at the polling booth when they only needed a majority. The town was, it was not a controversy. This was uh, you know, a recognition by the town of Ashland that after many, many years of their inability to be able to build a public safety building and uh, they were trying to get schools built that they were actually to kind of combine the forces. Everybody in the town, essentially, not everybody, there were uh, at town meeting, there were 25 people who were in dissent out of the 1000 people that participated using their, their, uh, their process. This is that to me, that, that's a quite different character than what we, what we face here. Uh, the rules were adjusted. Um, it was described to me, it was almost kind of a drive-bound town meeting. And I think it was, by the way, highly innovative. It was in January, it was in the middle of January, if you can remember back to where we were in January. Um, although I appreciate all that you say about COVID, January was a different time. It was all pre-vaccination. Um, all the guidance that we've gotten from the Board of Health, and we'll get it further guidance from them about, about the meeting, talked about uh, you know vaccination rates in Medfield, incident rates in Medfield, all of these rates in Medfield that are being watched carefully. This is not where we were last January. We, in fact, in the previous June, uh, took extraordinary steps off of precedent, right? We had reduced our quorum as the state allowed us to do. We went outside on a turf field. We did it on a Saturday, which we had never done a meeting on a Saturday. We did a lot of, as, as, as Ashland did, we did an ex, a lot of extraordinary things to try to accommodate people to get business done, to get voters to be able to come and approve what we needed to approve. So, you, you, you know, you kind of did that in the face of that. Um, so um, just to kind of set the context of time, you know, so this is in, in January of last year that they had a, a vote that was approved by 955 to 22. Um, so if I was the town moderator and, uh, you know, that was the sense of the meeting and we do, you know, you try to get a sense of the meeting. I mean, you're not, I'm not a good predictor of how, how things will come out, but I do have a general sense of the sentiment of the town. Um, 
then you know I think I would have done everything you know as well to be able to do a you know essentially a drive-by meeting. People came they're in the car, some waited in their car. They came in, they voted, they left. That was the that was the the, the town meeting context. So I need to kind of draw that distinction in terms of what they were doing at a special town meeting from what we're trying to do at this particular special town meeting, uh, particularly with all that has has been, has led up to this. So. Uh, you know, again, rules were adjusted. It was agreed upon by the parties. Uh, over 90% at the polls, even afterwards, uh, everybody said it was the town coming together to, to do what they hadn't been able to do in a long time, to be able to quickly pass uh, these appropriations and these provisions. And that's a little bit different than we had now. The, the, here's, the, here's another factor that goes into it. So, you know, talking to people who are kind of legal experts about this today, people who have considered this kind of thing, there's absolutely no legal guidelines for what Ashland did. So they just, you know, because you can afford as a moderator to take more risk when you have a vote that's going to pass by 98% uh, to 2% and you're doing it in the middle of the peak of COVID, you know, they they were they, they were willing to take the step to abandon precedent and to be able to run the meeting in accordance with these procedures. Um, but there's absolutely no guidelines. There are no state laws uh, that kind of address that. There's no uh, town charter provisions. There's no regulations. Uh, there's no case law. You know, um, I, you know, I felt it would be kind of irresponsible of me considering all of the things that are, are uh, that all the facts that I have to consider about the way this meeting has to be orchestrated, has to be conducted, to think that I was going to kind of fly this town meeting into a situation where there were no state laws, no town charter, no regulation, no case law in this, in a situation that we know, we know we've got people, reasonable people on both sides of this question. We know that this is a controversial question. Um, so it, it, from, from just a, from that perspective, from a legal perspective, you know, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Um, In this instance, I think a change in the precedent of in, in all the precedent. I'll talk about change of precedents because we have made a change in, in, in two important precedents, and I'll tell you why that we did it. And it wasn't without a lot of consideration on my part, a lot of consideration in order to be able to do it. But <coughs> a change in a precedent in a process that would be perceived and interpreted as favoring one position uh, greatly over the other position is, is 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 not a good move for a moderator. So when you have this would allow anyone who had felt COVID risk would be able to come participate. Anybody, could, yes, I know anybody who could. Like you're, but you're I, like I, I don't think anybody's right going to sit here and tell me after I've gotten the, you know, we've gotten the emails, uh, there's been a large campaign uh, directed towards the moderator that uh, that there wouldn't at least be perception of the fact that a, ch a change in precedent to do a whole different other kind of a town meeting with a whole different other kind of a voting system wouldn't be something that would be regarded as uh, disfavoring one group against the other it might you know that might be just perception maybe it wouldn't maybe it would turn out equal but that's it that would be another risk that the moderator would have to take with the january time frame being different i understand that but what you're asking right now is for parents to find caregivers for their unvaccinated children and be able to find a vaccinated caregiver to take care of their kids to get both partners or spouses to be able to come vote so you're disproportionately 
like harming an entire group of people from being able. Well, to no, I've heard. You know, home. I mean, um, it's been very. It's this has been a this has been a tough week. You know, so um, having been described as anti-children in a lot of these emails. I'm not saying you're anti-children. No, no, you're not. But other people have. It. So I'm not. You know, it's just one of those things that you just you you, you you that's what you in this role. But it's just a. You know, it's been it's it's been tricky. You know, anti-health, anti-children, anti-voting access, all of that element. And uh, you know, I I I just want to appeal to fairness of folks as they kind of consider that you know this over the long term. This, you know, that's one of the advantages that I think I, that, that that I bring is that people can can judge my good faith and my goodwill over a long period of time. You know, we have we've run town meetings. Uh, I've run and conducted uh, numerous town meetings on the full range of issues over time. Uh, you know, having to do with acquisition of open space, purchase of the Medfield State Hospital, uh, development of the Council on Aging Building, uh, zoning of Medfield State Hospital, other zoning provisions, purchase of open space, and on and on. These are, these, these are special town meetings. And, uh, you know, as we did those, uh, we used, the, you know, the, pretty much the same basic model to, 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 to take the temperature of the town. Some of them were close, some of them were overwhelming. You know, the only thing that I've ever seen, in fact, that was as overwhelming as the vote that they had in Ashland by their using the Ashland model was when we did uh, open space. I can't remember the Redgate Farm or one of the property. yeah the Homequist Park property. Then you know I mean it was it was this, it was the same way. But all the you know all these other ones and so you know we used the same model uh, with some variation. But uh, uh, in those instances, there was never a, a cry or an appeal to me to change our basic guidelines. Uh, you know at any point. Um, Town has always reacted favorably to the way that we've kind of run town meeting. Um, you know, I we've made we've certainly have been highly alert in our last two annual town meetings to the situation with COVID. We've tried to make adjustments that were you know appropriate, not perfect by the way. This is a very imperfect process. I think it's a great process, but it's it's it's, it's I think I've proven over time it's not it's not perfect. Uh, 20 years ago, we had, you know, over schools, it was very highly contentious, uh, but the process was similar. There was no change in process. There was no, uh, you know, cry that it was, uh, you know, it was an unfair process. So we have all of that. Let me just talk a little bit more about, about, um, about uh, the Ashland component, because I gave it a lot. First of all, I, I already mentioned that we are at a different uh, phase of, of COVID, and we're definitely in a different phase in, in Medfield from where Ashland was in, in January. Um, I think it makes it, it's a change in character of the town meeting. You know, I think it's, it literally goes to that level. You know that the, the you know that 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 request would you know change the character of what we've done in Medfield. You see, in Ashland, they had to reduce their quorum to twenty-five. What if you could keep your quorum at two fifty? Well, I'm going to keep my quorum at 250. No, but what changing. if you did that and then added the rolling vote option at the end for people who wanted to do at home? The rolling vote is what the, Sorry, the, the open the open vote at the end, which yeah. is what the Ashland model is, right? The Ashland model was the moderator declared the vote, and then no, I know what the Ashland yeah. two and a half hours for right two and a, left it open for two and a half hours. People didn't have to be, you know, uh, even any semblance of uh, being together, uh, listening together, of uh, discussing together, of deliberating together, together of anything that makes that. it a meeting. None of that had to be a part of what they did in Ashland. It just wasn't necessarily a part of it. Or, you know, it, it was broadcast. And, you know, at some point, 
I, I'm I'm highly open. I you know I've convened informally people to, to help to help think through what the future of town meeting looks like. You know, it needs to stay relevant. It needs to adjust to the changes in, in kind of demographic demographics. It needs a much different town. Uh, we've looked at things and uh, kind of did some consideration electronic voting. I, and I would I would endorse the selectmen coming up with a, a charter review committee and coming back and looking at other ways to be able to do town meeting. But when you're the moderator, you have to face the decision. You're going to make this change in, in, you know, in the face of the most generationally complex, most controversial issue we've had in 20 years. I don't think so. I don't think that that's, that's good policy on, a, on the part of a moderator, particularly to do it in a situation where it's never been tested. Uh, you know, I mean, Adam, Adam, well, no, Adam Schuster, you know, the, the moderator over there, uh, innovated it uh, and they did it and and so that was great you know and congratulations to them but they, it hasn't been tested as a matter of, of case I don't want to be the test as a matter actually of, of case law or of, of establishing whether there needs to be some you know uh, looking at this from a from the particular uh, from our charter perspective it does nothing provides in the charter so I think it's a risk I think it's a, I think it's I think that's a risk from the perspective of, of this meeting being able to uh, do what it's supposed to do, which is be determinative on this issue. And let me just go to Ashland though. You know, so we have, they don't have the tradition we have uh, in Ashland of open town meeting. You know, Medfield has a, a it's not, a, it's not a, a unique or rare, but it's, it's very special. You know, if you look back as, uh, as I did at the list of all the people back into the 90s, number of people that have attended town meetings, we have a, we have a town meeting that really does believe that it, it's important, the nature of being direct, which means not representative. You know, you go directly yourself. Uh, the fact that it's democratic, which means that it's uh, by and for the people. You know, that's uh, in, in this day and age, that's not something that you change off of, you know, very likely. And it's participatory. The people who come are the legislators. Those are the, pe the people that are there. They're, in, they're committed to a legislative process. I'm trying to make the le legislative process as simple as we can possibly make it on November 7th and still keep it to be a legislative process. But that's that participatory nature of it as well is, is, is a tradition here that, you know, um, that they haven't frankly had in, you know, in Ashland to the same degree that we've benefited by it. And we've nurtured that over a, a long, long period of time. So I think that that's uh, important. Um, I've got more. I want to, you know, I want to stay with the top ones, though. You know, having to do with the, the difference between, uh, you know, the, the idea of of uh, taking us into a meeting where we would have to do what they did as a matter of a kind of a pro forma, which was to you know, was to vote the change in all of the, you know, the proceedings and, and to do that. I mean, I think that that's a, I, I really do believe that that's a, that's a controversial question, uh, that it would be, uh, it would be a debatable proposition. There would be, there would be a debate on it. It's not something that you can just do. There would be objection. It wouldn't necessarily pass with the people that were there. Um, and uh, that would leave us in a, in a place of uncertainty, which, you know, I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid uh, all of that uncertainty about it. I'm trying to provide some certainty finally, you know, ar around this around this question. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, as I get to the question of childcare, you know, I guess I can make that announcement. We've gotten uh, texts as I've been here. I've been, it started in August. I started talking about this with, with uh, principals of, of this situation, you know, who are involved in this, how important it would be to kind of orchestrate this 
and then my phone's back there, but we got some text around childcare that will be available at the, at the Blake Middle School for ages uh, two to 11. Um, and uh, I think I have that correct. Um, and- um, Were you saying one, one to 11? Is that what you're- Right, isn't that what I said? No, so we have to change it to two. I think they changed to two to 11. I'm still getting information as to who they can, uh, who can be contacted. It's a great idea. It's an idea that has been <coughs> over time by proponents of articles. You know, that's and, I, and, and I'm glad it's being done. I've encouraged it. I said last Saturday, I mean, excuse me, last Tuesday that I would encourage it. Uh, I talked about it August, September, October that this is going to be important to put into be put into place. I was surprised last uh, last week when I started getting the, all, all the emails to, to learn that. Um, some of the apparatus that needs to be put into place it's not it's not in this time it's not something that can be done quickly needed to be needed to be done and now it is being done i'm, I'm seeing great response i got a, a text uh boom there was an announcement made today special town meeting this was at 6 24 child care is being offered at blake middle school on saturday on sunday it's just saturday but that's wrong it's sunday 11 7. Um, it says beginning at noon time and uh, leaving through the duration of the special town meeting goes on and on with contact information and so forth. I think there's been another announcement since then uh, uh, about child care. Anything that I can do to help to uh, publicize this or to you know to make it become a possibility? I think nobody wants people not to come and vote because of, of, of child care. I don't know what it means for kids who are under two years old. Um, I, yeah, I want to clarify one point. It, it seemed that I maybe have left the left the impression last time that you know that we were outlawing children from this particular town meeting. Um, but the fact is that children haven't come to town meeting uh, in Medfield in the 28 years that I've I don't know Ed 41 years. It's it's just so. I mean, uh, by the way, um, I talked to somebody who grew up in town meeting tradition in Vermont. They brought children. You know, I mean, it's not so. It's not. It's just, it, it's just that um, we passed, a, a, I think, a charter amendment at one point when Richard DeSorger wanted uh, his students who were, at the time, the, the, the voting age was 21. He wanted his students, largely 15 and over, to be able to come to town meeting. And for years, I went into his class and I spoke to his class about civics and, and town meeting. And then we invited his class in. We had a visitor section in the far right and all the students would sit in there and that was, so that by exception was if you're 15 to 18, you could come. They passed a charter amendment, but but they didn't make provision for, for other other children. I've never had to fight that battle, to be honest with you, in in, in 19 years, we've always, you know, uh, been, so I, I want, the only point I want to make is that that wasn't changed to restrict this particular meeting. That, that, wasn't a, that wasn't a change. It was just a, a no change kind of a provision, but it kind of seemed like it was, promoted as something that had been changed to, again, to uh, restrict restrict children from attending this meeting. Maybe in the future, we find a way to be able to do that safely. And I also want to go back to the Board of Health guidance on that particular question, which I expressed last week on, on Saturday. I was I was even, you know, and, and we're going to get more guidance from them. And, and, and I'm sure the people who are going to be doing the child care are going to get guidance from them, because it's it's all important. So those are those are all factors. I think it's, I think the Ashland model, um, you know, works well when there's not a, a longstanding precedent and tradition of doing the kind of real participatory democratic kind of a thing that we've done with 
a thousand people a couple of years ago in the state hospital zoning or 1600 people on the Redgate farm or these other kinds of things that 1600 people have uh, and that we've done before 2,543 people when they did the school vote in uh, 2000 in the early 2000s it was the second school vote they had 1600 people at the, at the first vote um, you know so that's uh, and when there's no controversy you know, we, we don't have too many things that require a two-thirds vote passed with a 98%. Um, if we did, we would do it by show of hands. Well, we would do it by voice vote. Mm -hmm. um, now, let me speak to the precedents that, that were changed, and then I'll uh, Mark Sorrell told me, don't say anything, you know, be quiet, you know, but, I, I, you know, this is what I believe in and I feel strongly about. And, and so the other precedent that we had to look at was the precedent around the voting. And... Um, you know, because we've used a stand up and be counted legislative model. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people over time about that. And, and so uh, I talked to a lot of people this time. One of the things that's important to understand that when I talked to a lot of people, one of the things I tested was, you know, unlike this provision, would it be regarded as favoring one side or the other? The consensus that I got back was, was, was no, that in fact, uh, so both sides actually expressed to me at various times that they thought that uh, to do a, a voting card might make sense. But more importantly than even that is the fact that I knew that I needed to have a, a definitive count. I needed an absolutely accurate count in this, and I needed a count that could be preserved, which you don't get from a standing count when people stand up and sit down. Um, and I needed that for all the obvious reasons, because two thirds is, you know, it could be a knife's edge in terms of the, of the distinction at the end of the day that we're making that decision. I have people, the second big factor around uh, making that change was that uh, I have five venues, you know, I'm not looking at everybody and being able to, to, to watch over the fact that this count is made. I don't even know that I could find enough uh, absolutely neutral counters to go out and do the counting in, in you know, in five venues and, and whether couldn't do that without perhaps being, uh, being challenged. So um, that, and together with the fact they did have some exposure, some neighbor on neighbor kind of activity, you know, that wasn't, that, that's always a difficulty, even in the stand up and be counted in it, but it was really profound this time, you know, in terms of people making appeals and it may, it may really made me think, you know, if we do have to come together at the end of this one way or the other. And, uh, some of the, the, you know, the bitterness that, that, um, I think has been evident, some of the negativity, uh, it was starting to be kind of neighbor on neighbor kind of a thing. And if I could help to reduce some of that. Uh, in this instance, because of the emotion that has arisen over this and, and the passion that exists and rightfully exists around this issue, then that would be another reason. So after a lot of, I look for what I call, I said last uh, last week, a distinction with a difference. If I'm going to move off a of president, it has to be a different situation. And, uh, you know, taking together all of the things that I considered for that vote in these circumstances, uh, I determined that we would go to a voting card uh, system. Uh, and not a ballot because we don't want to confuse it with what's going to happen the following week when the town is going to have an opportunity to go and be able to cast a ballot in the traditional, in the traditional way. So that's why we moved off of, off of uh, that one precedent. Uh, and, and to, for me, I've always said that I could call the vote, you know, as we did actually on, after four hours out in the turf field in May, I guess. Uh, and, uh, but uh, this time I'm actually signaling to people, uh, you know, as directly as I possibly can that I will not call that vote until 90 minutes into the meeting. However, uh, not long after that, um, the vote is likely to be called. I will certainly be testing 
the legislators for their sentiment and then um, giving if, 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 if that sentiment seems like there's consensus there, I'll have final statements be made and I'll call the vote. So people will know they won't have to spend four hours. It's not four hours in the turf field. I won't be looking at it, people putting sunblock on at the start of the meeting and huddle under they're down at the at the end of the meeting. It won't be that kind of a meeting. We're not gonna and and, and I talk, we talked to the board of health about that too. You know, I mean they they obviously what they were saying to the extent that there was reasonable pr procedures to be able to be undertaken to be able to expedite the meeting that would make sense. It would at least be consistent with their guidance. So um, people can choose what they, you know, what they want to be able to do. I hope people could get, you know, childcare. I hope people who, you know, will, will make every kind of arrangement to be able to get seniors. We've talked to them about busing. We've talked about reserve space and we'll we keep those spaces reserved if they want to come, uh, you know, shortly before 1.30 and then uh, be registered and be able to then be one of the folks that participate as legislators as, to be able to cast their vote. So, uh, I have a couple more. Yeah, please. Sorry about that. I'm getting Thanks a little long-winded. Thank you. Oh, well, I think you probably have already covered them, but I'll just yeah. read them. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. Do you want to go first sure. before I read? Yeah. Sure, why not? You're here. <laughs> uh, Bill Warner, <laughs> 10 Gary Drive. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you, too. Um, so first off, um, to everybody, um, you know, unqualified thank you i think a lot of times thank you start thank you but you guys the most valuable asset anybody here has is their time and you guys have given a tremendous amount of it to do the town's work um so to everyone here Thanks. sincerely thank you um you could share a quick anecdote yeah please so it's so, right so the town meeting um this past one right and that i think rightfully so you kind of called the vote because everybody was where they were at that point. And yeah. I, I was in line to give comment at the time. And I got a bunch of texts. Somebody told me my shoe was untied. Somebody told me the camera doesn't add. It's a little bit more than 10 pounds, which yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe true, maybe not. Um, I feel like it does. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think the right, I think it brings to life that, um, you know, the precedent probably in terms of how people interact has changed. So that night, and I'm sure you saw from the stage, right? A lot, a lot of people left because they had childcare, it was late at night. Um, they weren't not participating in the town government. They were just participating in a different way than had been done historically. And technology allowed that, where maybe in the past it hadn't. Um, so I, I think that's a big deal. And I guess, like, I personally, um, you know, I've learned a lot as I've gone through this process. I've, I've been through a ton of the materials, um, as through, I think, a lot of people in town. And probably the debate that's happened throughout history that maybe was reserved for that field and in small community, right? That is, you, know, you can argue whether it's good or bad, but technology has expanded that um, you know, dialogue immensely so, and just made um, I think information much more available. So I think it brings to the point of, um, like I, I struggle a little bit with the fact that like on that night, right? Some votes were counted, some votes weren't because of the time of the vote. And it wasn't that people didn't participate. It wasn't that people didn't care. No. But then at, at, at the end of the day, right, it was, I could argue, discriminatory. Maybe, maybe not, depending yeah. on how you think about Let, precedent. Let's just go back into the context of that vote, too, that that vote was an advisory vote, vote right? So, in other words, it didn't, have, it, it, it didn't have definitive consequences coming out of that vote. And so I maybe let more, you know, 
it, it's different than this vote is all uh, the point yeah. I'm trying to make. In other words, this is very determinative. 100% great. And that yeah. one, you know, people, so. That's what I had. And it was going to be a mix. It yeah, came out pretty close to 50-50 in the, in the, in, you know, in the, in the group. Yeah, and I mean, that, and, and Ms. Meyer, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is that um, that was what it was, right? It was non-binding. It didn't have any right. consequence. You know, this does. And I think, um, you know, what you've heard, I think Tom asked for, and listen, I was, I was actually excited. I think, you know, I thought that there was only one thing that, you know, the both sides agreed on that we need a new school. I heard nothing tonight that, you know, um, both Mr. Potts and Ms. Drummond talked about was they want to see as much participation as possible. So I guess what I, what, as even as I think about our schedule with, you know, four kids and running in, you know, 10 different directions on a Sunday, yeah. it's kind of, you know, if the vote's called at 140, if you have to leave at 139, your vote's not counted. If you show up at 142, right. you're not allowed in. Yeah, but that's and, the nature of a meeting, you know, I mean, at some point, that's the... I guess that's so, not. I mean, if you want to for voting, you can go all day. Go, you know, go at six thirty in the morning. Go, but when you're gathering people for a, for a town meeting, people who are there are the ones who get to vote. I I, I understand, right? It's, and by the way, you know, and and you know, I'm I am sensitive to you know your family's situation. I I am been more sensitized uh, than I have in a while by reading through these emails and I've, I've read a lot of them. And so I tried to now have made something that I thought was consistent with what we've done would stand the, would stand the test of, of, of any kind of pressure testing of, you know, was it a town meeting as opposed to election? Is it a real town meeting? Is it consistent enough with the precedent that had been established over time? Was it like enough all of these other special town meetings that we made other major determinations for the town over time? You know, so that it says, okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a real meeting. So I did that. I, I, I think, you know, again, I think respectfully, what you're probably hearing a little bit from town is, um, is there a way for you to consider um, or reconsider flexibility? And I understand the voting early, voting late, right? But that's the idea that the moment that you call the vote, like if you're not there that single second. Right, your vote's not counted. But, but you only have to be there for, I'm, I'm basically saying if you're there for 20 minutes, I mean, if you if you're level, you participate, you get there. I'm not asking people, I'm trying to give them a kind of a, 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 a window, you know, I've narrowed the window. So if, you, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not there for any of it, but you're a voter, it's, it, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's hard to kind of, yeah, no, I, I get it. I, so I, I think, again, respect. And I like what, you know, I mean, I thought it was innovative what Ashland did under those circumstances with their the context of what they do with what they knew in advance was going to be a vote that was, you know, in our time. It was a layup. It was a layup. It was, a layup. It was, it was a, that's, that's what they are. Like, in my point of view, this is, um, I've been here seven years. Um, You've educated me in the past in some meetings on, you know, what's happened in the past. You claim, you know, you thought you know recreation was maybe one of the single greatest votes in this town, and at this point you were at a thousand time. Like for me, this will be the single greatest vote that we'll take because it'll dictate the next decade in terms of how we work. So again, I think that you talked about the board selecting a little bit, right? Two different votes. There's this election process, and then there's the legislative process. Right. And and I guess all people are asking is that as part of this legislative process where people can participate in different ways than they have historically. Um, you know, figure, is there a possible way for you to figure I out? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I've already kind of expressed what I think 
has to happen on November 7th, but I do think that the broader question, which unfortunately may not apply to, the, to, to this vote, is a, is a question, you know, is there, yes, are there ways to be able to use technology in, in, in other ways that they're not permitted now for an open town meeting as a matter of law, like they are for a representative town meeting, you know, in the COVID, they can do those remotely. Uh, but, you know, under state law, you can't do it. You can't do an open town meeting uh, remotely. Maybe that will evolve. Maybe we studied, we studied, you know, uh, electronic voting and it's, we're not that far from people being able to sit at home and to be able to watch all of the proceedings and to be able to vote on their cell phone. Maybe, I mean, the technology exists. So I do think there's going to be a big change in character. I think people's uh, schedule. So I think we're at that stage where that, where that perhaps there is going to be a metamorphosis over the next two years, seven years, but the town meeting will, will evolve a little bit as it, as it should, as it has in, in the past. But it's not good to, to revolution, to, 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 to yeah, make that I, change. Yeah, I don't think it was asked for revolution. It'd be right? a big like, change in the character. That's what I've determined at the end of the day to do, to do that kind of a town meeting would be too big a step <laughs> to take in the face of uh, the vote that we're about to take. And um, you know, I mean, it's you know, the, the, the lobbying for this kind of a change has come in. It's not like uh, the secret ballot consideration or the, the voting card consideration or even the change to Sundays from a Monday night. I heard from once a lot of people who young families who, who they didn't want us to do a Monday night at seven o'clock meeting, which had been our tradition. And I know that when the selectmen, you know, they gave it a bunch of consideration and they tried to come up with a time that might you know, if you're going to put 2,000 cars, sending them to the middle school, you probably don't want to do it in the darkness of you know at night. So they came up with it during the day. I think the consideration was there that that might break even. You know, I mean, or at least it wasn't favoring one side or the other to do it at noontime on a Sunday. Maybe that was wrong, but but I did hear from a lot of young parents that they they certainly liked that better than they did try to you know find all of the kind of accommodations on a on a on a Monday night at seven o'clock. It started at seven o'clock at night on a Monday night. So that seemed to be. Those two seem to be something that you know um, would would find that right balance. This doesn't strike me as something that you know at this time, you know, to to, uh, to to make this change in character of the town meeting in the face of the issues that are already on the table. Not not prospectively. If we were to change our charter, I'd be fine with that. But you know, in the face of the of of the controversy, to uh, you know to change the rules of the game significantly just didn't seem fair. Now, I kind of went as far as I felt like I could by, uh, you know, advancing the signal and saying, let's try to, you know, let's try to, you know, give people an opportunity to, certainly I hope people come for the presentation, for the, for the closing presentation, for the closing statements by people who have been very active in this um, and uh, hear some opponents and hear some proponents speak to it. I'm going to apologize right now because I'm going to definitely be cutting people off at the mic because I, I have a very strong sense that there'll be a big line there when I call that question. And but uh, you know it's just where we are now, uh, and to try to do it you know consistent with the principles of fairness and prudence and still pre bring the expediency to it. That's kind of what I've determined. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I like, appreciate I, it. You know, I, I don't think like like yeah. I mean, like like. I would think considerations such as if the vote was called at 1.30, closing registration at two o'clock to allow people time to make sure they get there to the extent that they're following at home. Like that doesn't seem like it's out of character in a town meeting where you know, people show up throughout town meeting and they stay for some votes and they leave for others. And But if they're not there when they vote on something, then they don't vote on that. Yeah, but I, I would, again, I, I, 
I would respectfully ask that for your consideration with flexibility, given uh, the importance of this vote, how much it means yeah. to the town, the um, the desire on both sides that you heard tonight for participation. It's usually strategic. It's very important. It's the engagement. I mean, I want to, you know, I mean, this sounds parenthetical, but the engagement that we've gotten from all kinds of people, all these people that have written me these emails in the last couple of days, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really appeal to them. This is the next generation of leadership that we need in the town. Um, and then I make a determination in the school. Uh, I'm hoping that everybody can, can get out to vote. I know that some people are not going to be able to get out to vote, uh, but it's, it's really... It's the get out to vote element um, has a lot to do with the, the ballot and to get out to the town meeting and be a legislator is a kind of a different thing. I hope that people could can do that. But I think I would ask, you know, for your continued consideration. I think it's important. I think people participate differently in today's day and age. And I think, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, and, I, and, I, and people have been participating. Flexibility in the name of completeness um, probably would trump precedent in my point of view, but I'm not the moderator. <laughs> That's a decision. Yeah, yeah. So again, I 100% no, respect you doing and hope you take the comments with good faith and consideration. And uh, I'm trying to definitely, and yeah. I'm trying to digest them and actually process them. And I think people know who know me that, you know, uh, the smoke coming out of my ears, you know, I mean, uh, into, uh, in terms of the well, cycles that I've been turning, I thought a lot about it. And, you know, at some point I felt like tonight was the end of it. I needed to be, I needed to create certainty so that from this point forward, uh, it's, it's about what, what do we have going to happen on November 7th? And, and, uh, you know, I continued, I got, uh, from the time I closed down my computer to the time that I just quickly reopened it. You know, I got seven more emails. Uh, no, I'm waiting from for my people. response. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. So I hope <laughs> that kind of activism. We were getting continues. copied yeah. until today. So, yeah. so <laughs> anyway, but, but anyway, you did. Uh, I would. I would encourage you. You did hear from both sides of the aisle tonight that they want as much participation as possible. So to the extent that we can afford that, it would be a great. Uh, if people need rides to the polls, <laughs> if people, you know, I mean, if I, can't, I can't take care of every personal and family interested people have. You know, some people are traveling that day. I've heard from those people, you know, mm -hmm. um, asking about is there absentee ballots for the town meeting? And I've responded to those that there's not actually absent. You know, so there's been a lot of people who are who are asking the right kind of questions. But I do I do put a premium on uh, it being participatory, direct, democratic self-government. And I need to, you know, that core of that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to preserve while being fair while being, uh, you know, reasonable to provide the opportunities for people to, to get out, uh, you know, to the to the gym at 1.30 on, on November 7th and, and be able to participate in by dropping a voting card and, and make that determination. Eileen. Yeah, quick question, Scott. So you mentioned that when we're done with the vote, people can leave. Yes. Are you going to ensure, prevent, I don't know the right word to use here, that when you get ready to close the meeting, that no one can bring something else up. And we may not even have the bulk of the people that like, it's just one vote, that's that, nothing else can be brought to try to deviate from. So there's a process of reconsideration, you know, but um, it's almost impossible when you only have one vote taken consecutively to have reconsideration, you know? So you'd have to, you'd have, you'd, you'd, it would be very rare and, and, and I would say very much discouraged. So I don't expect reconsideration. I don't expect to entertain a motion for reconsideration. You'd have to have somebody in the majority immediately turn around, immediately turn around and say, oh, you know, if I had known this, I would have been voting in the minority. It has to be somebody who was disaffected, right? I mean, uh, uh, but by the vote, 
And then they have to have a reason. What have they learned since? Like what changes the circumstances for which we should be reconsidering the vote? Now, if you have a long town meeting, things come up during the course of the rest of the town meeting, things pop out of the budget. There's all kinds of ways in which it comes up in which if we had known that, or if we had known that we were gonna approve article 12 and uh, we were gonna, uh, or that there was gonna be a motion to article 12 that added another 100,000, we would have taken a different action on whether we were gonna you know, build a playground or whatever it would have to be. That's open to reconsideration because the circumstances change. But when you have one article, you've just finished voting on it. It's very hard to make the argument that reconsideration should be entertained because, you know, what's the argument that anything has changed from the moment before when you had to change it? Because there's no other activity going on within the town meeting. And that's really what reconsideration provides. It also provides for meetings that go several nights, you know, so that, uh, you know, people can't forum shop and be able to just get their people there for, you know, a particular issue and then not show up for the rest of the town meeting. But we're going we're gonna to do this in one day. So we're not going to have that particular risk. It's going to be something, sometimes something that leads to re reconsideration. And I've only had a motions for reconsideration, which I, uh, you know, a couple of times in the past. And I've, I've laid out these standards by which reconsideration would even be, even be thought about being entertained, never mind actually being approved. And, and it's very hard when you have people doing voting cards, because if people stand and they, they express where they stand on an issue, they can then turn around and have all these witnesses to say they voted in favor of it, but now they're opposed. And they'd have to make the argument about why they are opposed, because that's what it requires in the voter reconsideration. When you have voting cards, you don't really know who voted yes or no. Either. So it's, a, it's another added complexity to try to consider reconsideration. So the answer is, I, I, I don't expect to entertain any motion for reconsideration. I expect that uh, the vote will be made that we will have a pause. Uh, we'll, try to, we'll try to get those votes counted very accurately, very quickly. Um, and have a team that will do that. Uh, and then uh, we will come back and we'll announce the, you know, the vote uh, to the town meeting. And then I saw during the selections meeting, there was discussion about while there's that downtime, um, is there value in just kind of bringing people, not to be controversial at all, but yeah. people to speed as to where we are with the state hospital? Has that been? Yeah, and I, I that didn't, that didn't <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. Uh, <laughs> trying to tell me. Yeah, we're talking about bringing town together. Yeah, we could be a group song. Well, we should actually, you know, what would be great is, what would be great would be to have a discussion about what's great about this town. Because, you know, I hope that's, you know, it, it hasn't gotten lost. It has, it, because it's, I don't think it has, but um, I've, I've gotten a lot of emails from people who have uh, moved to town recently. And what they are concerned about is, you know, the acrimony, is this the way this town is? You know, uh, people don't get along. People say nasty things about one another, seem indiscriminately, people challenge other people's integrity. Is that, you know, that was not what I expected. That's not what I heard about Medfield. And, um, you know, at, at town meeting, you know, that might be a time to kind of reference that because that's, that to me is really sad. Those are the saddest emails that I got. You know, that's, I feel like this is a really special place. Well, you and know? what you're doing, I think this is, I mean, there's history here. I think you said during the selectors meeting that in a, in a town meeting, we, the other side of Charles River got to Don't even get me going to historical precedent. Yeah, yeah about, about it's, it's the like town meeting since 1651. It's there's no question that it's very it's very special. We try to maintain precedent. You know, my my thing on change when I've taught change, it's been um, you know you have to preserve the core and stimulate change all the time in in business. You know, always doing what you know. What do we have to maintain? What do we have to change? I think there's some of that probably is attendant to town meeting now, going forward. Um, 
and at least to be looked at and, and how, how will it be different? How will it remain relevant to, to uh, uh, families in different situations than they might've been a generation ago, certainly two generations ago. Uh, so I think there's, there's something to be looked at, but I don't know that you, you, you do that as I, we were just describing right up against, you know, these, this issue being, being decided. That's my own personal opinion. Um, yeah. Please, yeah, come on. Next time, uh, Tim Knight from 34 Oriole. I've been here 18 years. I echo the thank you to everybody across the board. Um, as I listen to that, as, and as, as you hear that, I, I just think of what is the lesser you? You know, and um, I look back in was July of 20 or June of 20, I think that 500 people at the town. No, 178. And then this year, right? So, so our numbers are down. No, our numbers are good. Our numbers have been solid on, on annual town meetings. They've been, we've been, we've been meeting quorum, uh, you know, regularly. We have one of the highest quorums around. So our participation is good. You, you know, I'm, the, talking, the, I'm saying during COVID. Well, during COVID, we've had two annual town meetings. We had excellent participation this year out on the turf field. And the year before, we told people not to come. Basically, we said, "Look, we're gonna, we're gonna." We didn't tell them not to come, but we said we're gonna be operating with a a very uh, limited quorum. I with thirty five or something. We reduced the quorum to, and we limited every item on the agenda right of that town meeting, so it only consisted of. Uh, certain financial items that were necessary to continue the activities of the town. I mean, that's at least the way that I remember it. I think we had 13 items on the uh, on the on the on the uh, town warrant that for that for that particular meeting. So there was a concerted effort to to limit that, limit the time. Let's do what we have to do as a matter of business, and let's let's go home and everybody be safe. I mean, that was the spirit of that town meeting. Spread everybody out. I was pleased by to see the number of people that. That did come out on that day, and we—I don't know how long it lasted, but it was it was pretty expedited. Last year, it wasn't back to normal. We were on the turf. It was a little crazy from my perspective, uh, but we had we had good big screens. That was a you know that was a you know a change. But but we tried to do it. But we were trying. I was trying to get as many people to be able to speak to a vote that was going to be advisory and non-binding ultimately, uh, so that we get as much out before we went into this period of time that I knew we'd be marching towards what we are. Uh, approaching now on November seventh was it was this really determinative town meeting. So that was the that was the theory behind that meeting. And I'm, I'm just when I look at it, I've heard a couple things. You say, hey, um, the special election on November fifteenth. That's when you can show up and vote anytime so you, you want. Roll correct, in that's continuously, 50, and that's a fifty percent, right? Fifty one yep, percent yep, just requires a majority. This one is sixty six percent one way or the other. So yeah. you do you do need you know that that it behooves us to have as much engagement from the town as possible. I hope. And you know, and when I heard about this Ashton model, I said, gee, we we are kind of changing the character of what we're doing just just based on last week. And I'll be honest, I'm surprised I'm sitting here. Yeah. I think you. I said to somebody earlier today, I think we you know we've made up your mind a while ago like you're a traditional i've been to so many town meetings i've heard it and i agree it with it and i love it in general well i've had an open meeting i have to say i mean i started with the idea we would do it the way we've done it for other special town meetings that's and then then i kind of announced that during the course of this week uh and with further guidance with the board of health we looked at that you know and, and we looked at the only the only thing that i had done by way of adaptation is 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 was on was on the voting but now this week I said I'm gonna I'm gonna be more specific. I'm gonna, you know I'm gonna tell people that you know 
that no earlier than, you know, uh, a, a, a stake in the ground point will I call that meeting. But anytime after that, when the town is ready to vote, we will vote. The vote will be taken. People can go home if they want. We'll maintain a quorum. We'll announce the vote. So I'm trying to, in, in that respect, I'm trying to provide the, the, the balance. I mean, you, you just, you know, it's a good thing. I mean, the, the voting card no earlier than I think is a positive thing. I think it just then begs the question, <laughs> if the lesser evil is more voters, giving more people the opportunity to vote. More participants, could, more legislators. It's not just voters, you know? So, you know, somebody that's been home watching the Patriots game and some of my friends are already telling me that they will do, you know? And then they get a text <laughs> and they say, okay, you know, it's one, you know, it's 120, you should get over here by 130. They, they're going to vote. They're going to be able to vote, but, but they haven't really participated in the meeting, but I, you know, they're going to have the, they're going to have the privilege of being and, able to And that vote. individual though would have had the time to, to listen. And the, the Warren committee here, the amount of work they're doing going yeah. through, I think you said, analyze the data, um, review it and share it. You know, we've had a lot of time to, to review this. And, yeah. I, and I just, I just, that's why we can keep it relatively yeah, short. I say, I say, Hey, you know, if we said we will not be voting before one thirty, and we would leave the voting open for up to one hour after we call the vote, it gives more people opportunity to participate. You know, we, we had to change. Well, you're not our... participating. That's by definition. You're not, you're just, you're just driving by to vote like you would be on, on the election, you know, with a, with a margin. I mean, it's not exactly the same. But I, I think it's different. I do think it's a distinction with the different. I'm trying to get people to to come to town meeting, to uh, to participate in it, even if it's for a short period of time. They will hear final statements at the very least. Uh, I'm hoping those people will, will will do that. But that's that's a concession. I, I I can't say we did not consider, you know, the aspects of of you know looking at that. But it 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 to me. For the reasons that I, you know, I tried to clarify for those six reasons that I spent the day kind of looking at, talking to lawyers about and so forth, that the fact that, you know, particularly the fact that it would have to begin, we would not have that kind of meeting, it would have to begin with a motion that would lay out the changes of the proceedings, which was done in a pro forma way in Ashland passed. They were able to then, moderator felt free then to be able to do a different kind of meeting. That's not what would happen in midfield. So, and then if you were to do such a thing, what would, would that be a 50% vote? In I think that would probably be, I'd have to look at the degree, which would be debatable, probably be a 50% vote, but it would be debatable. You'd have to let people speak to it. Could you vote on it? You would vote on it eventually, but not without discussion. You know, you'd have to let people talk to it. I'm not going to do it by my own determination right. and I just put it to a vote. So that would have to be done. So I think that that was different in, in over there and we have a you know we they we're approaching something in which this is this i want everyone to get out of it i want i, I want to see how the town what the i trust the town and i you know i trust our process and because of that uh and i'm hoping that people will i've been urging people you know to, to get their folks on either side of this issue out to come to town meeting and to participate be a legislator and vote and i hope it's you know I'm encouraging record-breaking numbers. You know, look at that. We we've made accommodations for a couple of thousand people, I think, and uh, we'll see what happens. And I hope that that's the case. And, and you know, is, 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 are some people going to be disadvantaged by by this? Yes, less disadvantaged than they would be by a traditional town meeting. Yes. Yeah, I mean, except except noon on a Sunday. So noon on a yeah, Sunday. They know when they can come. They know when they can leave. Um, 
Well, you know when you can come. You have no idea when you can leave. No, you're going to vote. We're going to vote within a shut. I'm kind of trying to be as explicit as Do I you, can. And I'm not. I'm not trying to be um, adversarial. No, no, I don't. But think I, I, it's possible. If it's you know one thirty, two o'clock. It's also possible. It's five o'clock. No, it's not. No. I can't imagine. The only way that it would happen at five o'clock is every time I went to call the vote and I said, all in favor, there were more people opposed. And I would say the chances of that are very slim. No, that's I, good. I, that's have a, great. I have a feeling by acclaim that when I ask that the first time, that we'll take that vote. Yeah. But I don't know that for sure. I can't speak to that. There may be, and I tell you what I will do. If when I take the, when I, what, what was the expression that I used? When I take the temperature of the voters oh. and I go back and I make my inquiry of them, if somebody has an objection to us calling the vote at that time, I'll ask them to approach the microphone. If you need a, if you need a question answered because you're, you haven't decided, what's the question that you would like to ask people so that you can make up your mind, you know? Or if you have an objection, let me hear the objection to why we shouldn't call a vote right now. But other than that, and I don't really expect that, it's never happened to me before, uh, that when we finally got to the point where, you know, now is the time, particularly in a situation where, from what I'm hearing, certainly from the email cohort, you know, Essentially, most of those folks are telling me they've already made up their mind. I think, Jerry, your side, you've communicated. I think, you know, but I mean, other people on, on, on the other side have also communicated to me. So that means that, that you know, we probably need a little less discussion and, and deliberation than you do on other issues where minds are changed. But there's, a, you know, listening is so powerful. Maybe in this instance, all the, all the listening has happened in, in, in chatter and social media and so forth or and to one another. And particularly paying attention to the good work that this group has done. Um, you know, maybe it is all, we are all ready to, to vote. So, I, no, I appreciate that, I, I really do. And I hope people have, are getting the sense that I'm, you know, I care about it, I thought about it. No, it's, that's clear, you know, I, I appreciate so, it. Um, okay, so you have a couple on here. Okay. I'm gonna, Sorry, read, I'm gonna read one and you've already answered it, but I'm just gonna read okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Um, Tara Olivetto for Lee Road. I appreciate all the time you have donated to the town of Medfield in the role of town moderator. COVID in January 2021 is not the same as COVID November 2021 because now we have the Delta variant. Delta is more severe, more contagious. It is in the best interest of the town and all residents to have a rolling vote as Michelle described. COVID is a public health crisis and doing what Michelle has suggested would not disenfranchise any voter in Medfield. Um, so that was Tara and then Blake Finchin um, basically said he agrees with Michelle. Yeah, um, and, I'm, 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 and I think a lot of people would agree with Michelle. I think Michelle was very articulate in what she expressed. And I, I think that Dave, uh, uh, Jeff, excuse me, was very articulate in the way that he ex expressed it in his email to me as well. And I think that's, a, you know, it's just that, and there are legit, legitimate arguments that, that can be made. I mean, anytime that you're making a tough decision, you're making it amongst competing forces, right? And so there's, you know, there are forces, and, you know, so I've had to make, that ultimately comes down to the discretion of the moderator. And, you know, it's, I don't know how, where I would come to any further by giving it any more thought, but it's kind of where I'm, where I'm, where I'm at and I need to provide this certainty. So I think that there's, I don't think it's about disenfranchisement, to be honest with you, to be honest. You know, I think people are going to get there. The right to franchise is a right to be able to go to the polls and to be able to vote. And that right will exist for everybody. The right to participate in a town meeting is open to anybody. And I don't think we're, you know, we're, you know, maybe people say de facto that we are, you know, uh, uh, you know, both, if both sides agree, we can think differently. Or we won't. <laughs> Why? 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 Why
Sure. Yeah, yeah, this is what we're not going to do. So yeah, we'll play, but we. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make it easier for the moderator. One, I to 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 have said, okay, we're going to use voting cards. It probably makes it a little easier that I know that it was, you know, and we, you, you kind of test the water. So, can I get if you I to... felt that was the case, then I would I would probably say that. But but I was going to say the next question on here is about the voter card. So yeah. how about I read that and sure. you talk about that? How's that? So um. Megan Glenn, 12 real right. Can Scott please explain how he envisions the voter card will work? How do we keep the idea of the public legislative body alive with the use of a secret vote? Um, and then I guess I'll just read her other questions too and you can talk to each of them. Um, also, is an all outdoor meeting still being considered? What are the costs associated with live streaming from five different venues as opposed to one outside meeting? Yeah, so um, the outside meeting, you know, is to me, was where I thought we might be directed at one point in time, but there was a serious, Jeff, you were telling me, what was the meeting that needs to, to have happened before that, before we could do a, 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 a fall town meeting? Uh, I think it was an MSBA. Oh, and when is that meeting? That's tomorrow morning. Yeah, so we couldn't do it before that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so the selectmen, that was kind of the earliest date. We're into November by the time that, that the vote could even be held. Once you get into November, uh, when I when I heard them speculating about November, I kind of dove in and looked at weather in November and weather in that particular date. And I think that the you know I mean, uh, Christine, I don't know. I mean, I you know there was a time when when I think we may be fashioned that it would be an outdoor vote. I know that some people had, had favored it, uh, easier to manage, directed out to the. But the question of exposure uh, is is the real. Is the, is the temperature, and we looked at. Uh... We surveyed other towns in Norfolk County and anybody having their town meeting uh, before uh, the end of October, we're doing them outside. Anybody from November to mid-December are all doing them inside. Um, I know you all heard me promise that last year's town meeting, I would never plan an outdoor town meeting. And <laughs> you've all made me a liar because now we're doing an indoor and an outdoor town meeting. Um, so we are having that outdoor option uh, in the five venues. Uh, you know, we're concerned about putting people outside um, in, if it's very cold. Mm -hmm. concerned about but if people choose to can people choose to be outside because i know 100 yeah because i know. well with the with the with space limitations yes. we don't have we don't yeah. have enough have room outside. outside yeah because i guess just to clarify because i think you guys had said that it's kind of like the gym first like you're going to expand into them but aren't there three so the, the basic inside, choices yeah so the inside room people go to the gym first and then we will move to the other satellite rooms as space is necessary. Other than the room that we've identified for the seniors and anybody who's in our high risk uh, comorbidity population, uh, they will be separated in a de-densified area. Is that um, the library still? That's the library. Yeah. Um, but you can choose when you register to not go to the gym and let them know you feel more comfortable outside. outside. Gotcha. Um, so do you want to explain the voter card? I think maybe she just wanted. Uh, simply that people will. Uh, in the gym or at their venue, they will, you know, they will approach a table that I guess that the tellers will be uh, from the town's clerk office and they will uh, choose a card, a yes or no card, and uh, they will drop it in the, the box. Okay. Okay. Um, I have one question that I'm not sure whether or not you're going to want to take or you want one of us to take. It just says any, this is from Peter Treadway and um, Peter, I'm sorry, can you put your address in here? And I know you live on Phillips Street, I'm not sure the number, um, but Peter, 
is asking any chance um, if this goes through, we can get sidewalks on Cross and Phillips Street since the only entrance to the high school is without sidewalks. So my answer is come to a town meeting about sidewalks. That's not this one. <laughs> yeah. And but I live and run on Cross and Phillips Street a lot. And I know the terrain and the- I've looked at sidewalk maps enough to make me cross-eyed yeah, right now. I, and I, I, I can't say, but I think it's- uh... We're not gonna solve that one today. Yep. Um, that, yeah, Christine. So, when when will you get the voter card? Will you sign in to register? You know how you check in, no. or is it? You will come up. Okay. You will be everybody. If we kind of get it, people will be banded when they come into the meeting. Oh, so, is that what it is? Yeah. I was going to. I was. I, that was. That was going to be my question. Whether or not you had to go back in and check no, in again, no, but you're going to get a wristband. No, people will be wristband to the, to that they will be registered. Those colors will be for registered voters and for visitors. Different, different colors. We can't tell you what color they're. No. <laughs> 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 no, uh, so they're. So they were. You know, look. I'm, we're going to rely on the town. We're going to. You know, on the integrity of everybody. But we're going to use. We're going to use that approach. Uh, and then those wristbands will be removed when they when they drop their card in the box and they gotcha. will vote it. So everybody will get a, a wristband when they register. It's kind of uh, like going into the House of Blues and you're over 21. Kind of like. Okay. <laughs> the card will be either check off yes or no. It will be a card that says yes or no. You'll have a choice of which one you want to select from the person and they'll, they'll hand you whatever card you'll drop oh, in the I box. See. They will look the same. They will be the same color. You know, we'll try hanging, to any hanging chats. Ah, no, won't be any hanging okay. chats. We'll try to reduce the determination about you know people observing. We're trying to you know uh, we can't we can't completely ensure that, but it's 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 it's, it's, it's a private voting. It's, it's not as secret perhaps as if you go in and you pull the screen behind you and you walk out with your card down and you put it in the thing. But it's 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 largely there. It's designed to to be that and to be doing it in an expedient way. We want to have something that could be counted relatively quickly. The process so those boxes will be taken to another room and they, they will be counted expeditiously and securely very securely so yeah go ahead um a comment on my question sure. comment is the last town meeting there were actually a bunch of kids there yeah i understand i could see them from out there and yeah yeah i just wanted to make that comment i don't that, um, i think that's a fair comment and uh you know i i guess i faced the choice from the podium of like uh, saying okay well you know asking uh, either the chief or the deputy moderator we don't really have constables but somebody to remove the kids from the meeting because i could see in the way back by the way i could barely see i had binoculars if you remember of what was going on and there was a lot going on out there i did see a couple of kids i have to say so uh, yeah, no, and i yeah, i guess i i you know could i could have i could have drawn the line at that point i could have yeah. made the, the point at that at that point but it uh, honestly it was by the time I'm noticing it with everything else going on. But by the end of the meeting, they were seniors. <laughs> <laughs> so fair, fair comment, but you know, I will say in you know, in the in the in over the years, it hasn't really been an issue uh, about whether and, and then this year, uh, you know, when the issue even came up, the board of health basically were you know were pretty definitive. Like why would why would you want to do that, first of all? And and you shouldn't do that, you know. So both of those things were kind of you know, came to the to the question. In the future, maybe maybe that would be one of the things that, that we're, what I'm proposing people look at. If people think that, like in the state of Vermont, this small town meeting, this little town that somebody was telling me about that uh, you bring your kids, well, maybe that's where Medfield goes. And, you know, I could be out of step as moderator thinking that, you know, in a legislative body within the town making these kinds of decisions, 
that it's maybe not a place for children without childcare. On the outside, right? Yeah. Like if you would have a select an area that if you're bringing your children, then you could have yeah. them there. Um, but my oh, you mean uh, yeah, outside like, of COVID, you know, right. leaving COVID well, aside in the, future, in the future, if we wanted to have a place where people want uh, you know, I think that it's, I mean, obviously everything is different now, right? So yeah. I well, I will promise that we would have a meeting in January where people could bring their ideas about how this should be done, you know, in the future, post-COVID, we hope, for sure, yeah. so that we can normalize what the procedures would look like. Um, so my question is at 1.30, so say we're telling people that you need to be there by 1.30, will you be asking those that are at the front if all voters have been in before you call the vote? Correct. So what, here's what I anticipate. So, uh, you know, when I, when, I, when I call the vote, there'll be a couple more minutes because we'll get final statements. Excuse me, when I, when I test the, uh, the uh, through the inquiry, the voters, and um, the sense of that is that we're going to move to call the, the, the vote when we get the final, you know, the final statements, uh, which will be very, very brief. At that point, then I will call the vote. When the motion passes, then at that point, uh, the signal will go to the town to the town clerk to close registration. So anybody who's in line at that point, if there's a line <coughs> that people are saying, okay, they come, they come, they want to try to come as late as they possibly can and be admitted, and they're there before that signal gets to the registration, then the answer is that they will be allowed in to be able to participate and to be able to vote at that point. And we will put someone either from somebody from the deputy moderator staff or somebody from Chief Garrett's team or Chief Garrett herself. We'll get to the end of that line at the time that the signal comes to say registration is is, is going to be closing. We don't want any disputes at registration. Right. You know that's why I'm trying to be definitive. Some people said, you know, send a signal, give a loose timing as to when you think you might call the question. I said, no, I'm going to I'm going to give a kind of definitive that I will not call it before. So if you get there at that time, and probably within a couple of minutes later, uh, because I'm not saying I'm going to call the question at 1:30. By the way, I don't I don't you know I don't want uh, folks out there saying it's 1.30, you know, if we're having still, you know, I'm still listening to the proponents and the opponents speak. Is there, you know, at some point I have to ask, is there anything that's coming from that that's new or insightful or different? And it's not just, this is my opinion too, or, you know, which is what happens. And, and you kind of get a sense of looking at people. I'll try to find that time, you know, just at about that right time. When people, half the people think I've let it go too long and half the people think I should maybe let it go a little longer. Right at that point is when I, when I hope to call the question. And I think we'll, it will happen by acclaim and we'll do the vote. Try to do the vote as quickly as we can. Now, normally I'd like people to stay, you know, I mean, uh, you know, after the vote is made, we're going we're gonna to have, have a determination that's going to be made. But realistically, in light of all of what we've heard and the, the, the best way to, to get people who are concerned about exposure is they would be able to leave. I just, I just ask people who have a, Eileen, everybody else, you know, stay if you would, you know, so that we can we can make sure that we can finish the meeting when the when the announcement comes back about what the vote is. So, is that helpful? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I hope it's helpful. And um, just Megan Glenn pointed out that there was one question in here that we didn't address, and maybe Christine, I don't know which one of you knows this best. She wanted to know what are the costs associated with live streaming from five different venues? It's going to be approximately fifty thousand dollars. There you go, $50,000. Could be as much as I have to get this all. We have to run fiber optic cable to each of the venues uh, in order to be able to do that. And uh, we have to have it be two-way. 
uh, although I'm not sure, you know, I mean, ideally people would be able to ask questions from these other, from these other rooms. Some of that is going to be time dependent on, on, you know, on that. I'd rather have the people who really feel like they have to have their opinions heard, at least try to get into the gym. That would be better. So that more of those people are in front of the panel and, and, and are, taught, are speaking right to the principals, but, you know, we'll see how that works. I don't really, you know, we don't know how many people we're going to get. We know, we know the most we've ever gotten since the 1990s uh, at, a, at a town. So we, we have that as, you know, as a, as a high bar or close to a high bar. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, we'll, we'll try to get the, the team in place to, to be able to do it. We still are a small town trying to orchestrate, you know, a, a, a significant event. Any other questions? So uh, it will be Jim. Uh, initially, it will be Jim Library. Okay, as Chris Christine has described, for people that have uh, any susceptibility, vulnerabilities that they want, that they comorbidities, we try to. We were advised to have a place where where uh, it could be de-densified. The density of the people would be a lot less, and people would feel comfortable. Some of the seniors have already expressed that, and we've told them that that would be such a space. So that would be the so that and the then we will have uh, an outdoor space, which will probably be adjacent to where the registration is. And then when we overflow out of the gym, we'd overflow out of the cafeteria. If we were to overflow out of the gym in the cafeteria, we would flow into the auditorium. So that's where we're getting, you know, it's good, that gets to be challenging, but that could be. And I think the capacity, if people were to, we don't know what the COVID capacity is, but we know that it has generally a capacity of about 2,200 people, I think is where we, we have, you know, trying to build capacity. We're trying to build the technology to support that capacity. Um, we're trying to. Are there, uh, this might be a stupid question. No, no. But are, are there no, mass mass required? Masks are required. Masks are required. Yep. In, in yep. 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 So, I won't have the benefit of seeing everybody's facial expressions as they as they look back at me. Will, will and, they have masks available? Uh, yeah, we will have masks we'll available. Have mask we'll, available. We'll, we'll encourage. Yeah. Yeah, Jess. I just have a, a quick kind of a dignity note that it would be great if, uh, as people were asking if they could go into the library or that they would also be able to bring their partners with them, whoever they came with, to make sure that we're not, you know, asking people to separate from their own family yeah. while they go in. That's something to that people feel comfortable with. Obviously, we're all going to wear masks and it increases the number of people there, but I think so few yeah. um, people will actually need to do that. But I do think that it's, it's always important that we're trying to think about okay. who gets to be in the room. Thank you. No, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, I learned an expression from the Board of Health with the, with the people we don't want in the room are the worried well, you know, who are actually very healthy, but, you know, uh, I mean, as opposed to, I don't want to, I don't want to make any pronouncements, Board of Health pronouncements, if I, I, don't, I don't always get them right. We'll let them do it again, but I try to listen as much as I can. They've been very, very, very good in terms of providing us you know, guidance around this. And I do think it is different than January in, in, in Ashland, uh, you know, in terms of the, that, that, that particular factor. Any other questions? There are no more questions online. Okay. Are, are there any more questions? Yeah, um, you know, first of all, Scott, I appreciate you spending, do I have to say my name again? No, it's a good name. You know, I guess there are a couple things that I just wanted to answer, although he's, I think he's left. But um, so the June meeting, there seems to be this belief that only the 
pro elm folks left after a four hour meeting there were 60 70 and 80 year olds who after three hours left that meeting so i think we all want to have a full vote um i guess i was sort of stunned that two weeks before what is being classified as one of the most important elections there's this wave to try to change the rules and I appreciate you holding firm on it, not because I think it benefits one side or the other. I think I think there are people, including one of our selectmen, who won't be able to make the meeting. Um, and I remember on the school votes, I canceled a business trip midway to come home to be able to attend the town meeting because it was an important vote. And if we're saying this is a once in a lifetime vote, taking 90 minutes or two hours and trying to find coverage on a Sunday, I would just say, with with seniors with young like do everything you can across all generations to try to be there because from that june meeting i had 20 people reach out to me after that meeting who came into that meeting undecided yeah. as much as we think everyone is locked in on this i guarantee you out of 2200 people there could be one or 200 people yeah, there, will be, there, will, there are people, I know people, I've been talking to people that are right on the fence. Right, you know? and, and, and so, so but, this, this argument that just come and vote, there is value in having on both sides oh, of it. That's why I, I have the 90 minutes. I, and, and so I just would to anyone out there, whatever your position, whether you agree <laughs> or disagree, it is an event that actually is part of the healing of coming together and seeing other people's perspective and listening to them. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that, that we're going to have this decision. And more importantly, I'm just surprised that two weeks before there's this push to pressure you no, to change the rules. By the way, of it. I don't want to. I don't want to overdo the, the the pressure component. Oh, I, I've taken it as a lot of people have from all, you know. I've heard from from people all over these arguments about a lot of different things associated with the way that the, the meeting should be structured and conducted and. And, I, and 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 it's been informative to me. Really, it has been informative. These e emails. And by the way, I want to apologize to everybody out there. I, I I wrote something to people saying I would be. I haven't been able to respond. I haven't been able to keep up. I started doing it, and 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 so if anybody has sent me an individual email that is not one of the scripted emails and had some other points that they wanted to raise that were separate there, because at some point. You know, uh, I was reading through the first wave of scripted emails having to do with the continuous uh, start from the beginning, open voting element. And then the second wave, which had to do with the Ashland model. I, I tried to read them all, but if, you know, other people, I think, uh, Jess, I think I said that to you, right? I mean, because uh, you came in in the middle of it on a, on a different kind of a question, a valid question, you know, to talk about process here. And, and, um, and I, I almost didn't recognize it. You know, just because of, no, not you, but but I had to go through it. I'm, I'm just because I, I had to say I had the same so, problem today when I went in. I did find a couple of emails that were not part of it, so yeah, I apologize so, to you because I am just starting to find some. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like anything else in life, and I'm talking too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I am. No, I haven't. There's, there's one thing I wanted to kind of mention too. So uh, this is this is embarrassing, and this is one where you know, uh, good faith, my honesty of intention, I think is you know, I hope is going to be presumed. But so uh, I'm going to read what I what I wrote. Uh, so the way my night ended last night uh, for me after a really busy day with a lot of conversations around all of this and with with different people as well as 
what's probably happened to all of you, the convergence happens at works, right? It's, you know, like all of a sudden, every one of my clients is calling with something in the last two days. Uh, so, so last night, late at night, I'm watching TV news. And I did what I had been doing a couple times a week over the past several weeks, which is to log into Facebook to do a quick scan of friends of Medfield and concerned citizens of Medfield. So, I, you know, and it's really kind of quick. I go through it. I don't really keep kind of completely understand the structure. You get into replies and there are replies within replies and everything. But I try to, I try to get a sense of, uh, you know, what the community on that forum might be expressing. And I'm not really a Facebook user. I, the only other Facebook I use is, uh, is I have a Colby 76 alumni I posted there uh, twice in my entire history. I've never hit an emoji. I've never expressed a dislike or a like on any site. I never post comments uh, to any newspaper columns or articles at the bottom of newspaper columns. I don't do that. I do not engage in other social media platforms other than following some of my family members who, who are in the uh, you know, Sierra Nevadas hiking or something on Instagram. So last night I started uh, my late night uh, by further reading. Many of these at that time was 190 plus emails. I was reading those at the same time. I was flipping back the screen. I was on uh, Concerned Citizens in uh, Medfield. I flipped past a posting on the Tisbury School Project. Those of you who were there before, I clicked down on that um, and to see, and I was, as I was uh, moving quickly and not really paying particular close attention and intending to hit Seymour, I apparently waved over and maybe clicked an emoji. Uh, the only way that I knew I had inadvertently and mistakenly done this when I noticed that you and 18 others like the, the, the post, the emoji. And <laughs> this is true. And so now I have a like on there for, and, and when, when I read that expression, you and 18 others, I didn't even know whether it was, a, was I liking an article which way, because they are, tend to be in favor or opposed, <laughs> as you might have noticed. And uh, so there it was, there was it. And, then, as I learned today, as soon as I learned how to remove that like, I did. As soon as I, as soon as I learned, you learned how many people screenshotted that like. Oh, yeah. well, I screenshot. Yeah. I, I immediately screenshotted it, uh, which I screenshotted right here because I, I knew, I and I was, I tried to click on it up where it was again to think it would go away. Like you click on it once, but it, it didn't. And I went to bed saying, this will be a problem that I'm going to have to deal with <laughs> in the morning. And uh, I was on my way to a client uh, this morning, and I figured at 8 o'clock I had, I had my screenshot of what had happened last night. And Christine calls me at 7.45 this morning on the way to work. And as soon as she said, do you know? I said, yeah, yeah I do. And, 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 and I, I really want to apologize for that uh, to everybody. You know, I mean, it's it's... It's not just the your intention when you do what I do. You know, you won't really want to even minimize appearance of kinds of things. And and I try really hard to do it. I've tried really hard in this one, so that we get a good a good determination <laughs> down the middle of the fairway. And so it was not a good night's sleep. But really, it was I, I didn't you know there it was uh, Scott McDermott and eighteen others you know liked a particular post and it was uh, so. Um, I want. I, I have down here. I could go on and on. There was absolutely zero intent to register a comment, and there was zero intent to inject myself in the dialogue of concerned citizens. I mean, I, I think you all know. I mean, I've been. Uh, I, you know, I'm not there. I don't. Not, not, I never read it. It's, it's some things to be learned and benefited by it. But I could go on on another whole plane if you want me to get talking about Facebook and 
Let's not. Really yeah. know. We'll kind of... For anybody that needs it, Nick and my office are giving Facebook lessons. Now. He gave it to me as soon as I go, boom, okay. So help me with that. Remove my dislike. And I could have done it right away. I think you almost instantaneously. Right. No, you make a great point. You know, we talked about. So 20 years ago, I was front and center on the school issue. And uh, when someone commented that it's nothing to do with it's it's totally the same in terms of the, the emotions. And that's what a school issue is. The biggest difference 20 years ago, didn't have Facebook, didn't have this social media. Um, and a couple of times this evening, people have said, after the vote, let's calm down. I would suggest that after tonight, we calm down. <laughs> I think after tonight, we should make a commitment to everybody no more apologies. Just stop doing it. Yeah. You know, nothing magical is going to happen in two weeks. Life will go on, yeah. and uh, you know we'll all get up for breakfast and we'll we'll deal with what happens. But this idea that something about it's okay until the vote, or we can still engage in this, we owe each other to show the people you who asked today yeah. what kind of town we are. If that's the kind of town we are, we should start being that town today. And, you know, stop using names, stop attacking people. We work very hard to present facts. You know, they, you, you introduced the Warren Committee. I did a little bit of math here. Five of the nine are seniors. We have two. 37 and 41 years, they could tell you about the King Philip War. <laughs> so, but, but the reality is, we know the history of the town. We're part of the history of the town. And I think treating each other in that way and respecting each other in that way can start now. Doesn't need to wait for the vote. The votes, we've all agreed, the votes is what it is. So to your point, and boy, you know what? Thank God your grandchildren are old enough to really be getting on you for showing. No, no, no question. Although, you know, I mean, the grand, my grandchildren alerted me to the fact that raising children today in this environment is a big difference than raising them when I raised mine and when the people generally. So there are, there are really a lot of factors that, you know, reading these emails, it's not just about reading scripted emails. You know, these are really people who, are, who really want to participate in this and, you know, a feeling it, it's challenging and, and you know, would sound hollow if I were to say I'm sympathetic to that after I've, you know, I mean, but I've tried to lay out procedures that would, would, you know, and I'm trying to support uh, the childcare uh, opportunity for as many people to be able to do that. No, that doesn't work for everybody. Some people have told me, uh, and this may be, in fact, uh, you know, some very high percentage that they haven't had a babysitter since uh, March of, uh, you know, a year ago. And that's okay. Well, that's, you know, that's to me, that's a big change than, so there's a lot of, there's so many factors at the moment. It's a convergence of time. It's that what you were just talking about, Bob, I mean, the influence of, of social media and platforms and things is, is, is a factor. It's a, it's, there's some fuel to that, but, but it's also different times. Uh, so we, we, we weigh that. We try to, we try to, but we want to retain, preserve the core in Medfield. And I, you know, I'm, you make a big choice, like where are you going to move to? Where are you going to raise your family? Where are you going to continue to, you know, to live even after your kids are grown up and they're living all over the country? And you still want to stay here, you know. You still want to, no matter how this vote comes out, 
Kelly and I are still going to be here, happy to pay property taxes for a while and, and you know, and still be in Medfield. And nothing makes me uh, feel better, actually, as I'm driving, you know, to work and there's school buses and there's this activity around town. And, you know, that perpetuation of, of what Medfield's all about is important. So um, the last thing I just, I, you know, last thing is I just really want to urge everyone to try to now focus away from process and people. I mean, maybe that's your point, you know, and, 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 and focus on, you know, getting the people, you know, who are consistent with your point of view out, you know, out to vote and, and. and How about just getting everyone to vote? It would be great. 9,318 as of yesterday, I was in the clerk's office because I was very, I'm curious about this. Like, what is the really, what is the, in the old days, uh, you know, people who I knew were political operatives and they'd say 9,318 voters, that was up, registration closed today for the election. Registration closes Thursday, which is 10 days before the town meeting for anybody who wants to vote in the, uh, in the, in the town meeting. So this is the, you know, this is the week that's been publicized on the patch and everything. I've, you know, we've talked about getting that publicized, but that'll, so we're going to have somewhere around uh, 9,318 voters. And we get, uh, you know, 518 at a town meeting. We get 1,300 to vote in municipal election. We get 4,000 votes in a midterm election. We got, last time we got an amazing 8,400 people that voted in the presidential election. There was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, absentee ballots and, and voting. We got 7,700 people that voted, I think, in the 2016 presidential. So we have a very active town. Voters are very active in this town. They're just they're just active at different levels for different things. And, you know, I've had tons of friends of mine who have, you know, they voted in presidential elections, but I'm not sure they ever voted in municipal elections. And, uh, you, know, they, that's their, you know, that's the choice, right? I mean, you can be, and I, I respect all of them, the degrees of activity that people want to, you know, as long as you people are engaged civically, and I hope people recognize this for the, as strategic and important as it is, uh, that they will all come out and, and you know, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a great crowd of voters. So, thank you. <laughs> on that note, we all agree. Do you want to make your motion, Bob, or just like right, a motion to adjourn? Second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes.